You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 279. I told you this was going to be a gigantic show, and it is. Not that you accused me of lying, but uh, anyway, now I can explain to you what this show is all about. Today is all about, I guess, synthwave solidarity, because I am going to be chatting with a whole bunch of other people who host their own podcasts and video series in and around the synthwave scene. So I guess if you're one of those people who listens to Beyond Synth and also listens to some of the other Synthwave podcasts out there, this will be like a uh, weird crossover episode. This is like the, uh, you know, when a bunch of characters come together in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Although that's usually reserved for the actual heroes. I guess that would be more about when there's an episode full of actual Synthwave artists. I guess this is just uh, hosts and stuff, so maybe this is more like Justice League. Anyway, look, on the show today, we will be chatting with... Now, Julian, you know, but you have not met Dennis. And, of course, they host The State of Synth on Night Ride FM. Then we'll be talking to Jack Sin, who hosts artist interviews on YouTube. And then we'll be chatting with Karen Zoe Lee, who DJs on Night Ride FM. Then we'll be chatting with Ray Garcia from Synth Zone. Then we'll be chatting to Elec Trish, who hosts Static Realms. And then we'll be talking talking to Rob and Joe from Forever Synth. So this is a gigantic program. In each one of their segments, I got them to curate the songs, so they'll be picking the tracks during their segments. Um, I've got some tracks to play, which I'll play in between segments, because I still have to do uh, the Patreon announcements and all that stuff. And yeah, so this is a big show. So for all you people who were like, how come there was no Beyond Synth last week? Now you have a jumbo episode. So if you have a long drive you have to do, now's the time so look let's listen to some music we're gonna get this show started and michael oakley just came out with a new song from his upcoming album and it's awesome he sent this to me a few weeks ago i got a little sneak peek of the video and i thought this song was really cool so hope you like it too this is michael oakley with is there anybody out there Sing. 
places things kept going wrong I'm getting to thinking my daddy was right all along So if you take a little walk on the wild side Be careful that you never slip your hands from the wheel There's never any compromising When you're blinded by reflections from the part of you that's real And that was Is There Anybody Out There by Michael Oakley. That's right. Brand new Michael Oakley. He's got a new album coming out and I will be talking to him in a few weeks time. I think we're going to try and record something to uh, coincide with the release of his album, but you know how I am with shit like that. Uh, I'd like to say that that song was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, it looks like Techno Ben has upgraded his support. That's right, Techno Ben is now in the $25 club. Thanks a lot, dude. You are a cool guy. I hope you enjoy this jumbo episode. I made it just for you. When I saw that you upgraded your support, I was like, you know what? I had better make a big, long episode just for Techno Ben. So I uh, hope you dig it. Anyways, we got a lot of people to talk to, so let's get started. Here is Julian and Dennis from the State of Synth right now. All right. Well, I am here right now with Dennis and Julian. Now, Beyond Synth audiences know 
Julian, of course, because he used to <laughs> pop on here for the high five and uh, doing stuff like that. Uh, Dennis, we've not met yet. Well, we'll have Dennis go first. Tell us the show you guys host and describe yourself. And tell, uh, tell him, Dennis. Tell him. Yeah, ten words or less. So my name is Dennis G. Do I do it in my Dennis G voice or do I do it in my just like everyday That's ten voice? words. All right, Julian. <laughs> do, now, do it in your Andy voice. <laughs> I'm Dennis G, and you're listening to Beyond Synth, the greatest chat show there is. It's true. <laughs> it's even bad when I'm saying it, you know? I have my own show. I'm still pumping Andy's show. So here's, uh, that's an odd thing to say. So I always get this confused because I will always call you guys Night Ride FM, but Night Ride FM is the channel. Yes. The show is State of Synth. Is that correct? It is the state oh, of fuck. Synth. All right, we're done. <laughs> you got to get the the. The the is very important. It's sort of like a rite of passage of anybody when they start doing like a, a a synthwave program you gotta have synth in the title yeah it's a rule they yeah. all do right which ones don't hmm. oh, forever synth state of synth beyond synth synthopsis yeah. what that's a show <laughs> is it yeah it's another one of the shows that was on night ride fm it was kind of a cool show uh he has his own podcast it's called synthopsis and basically what they do is they play clips of songs and then they'll break things down into like structure and like really dig deep into the style of music and you know. <laughs> it sounds like the opposite of my show there's there's static realms there's no synth in that that's right there's, that's there's a right. ton of synth in the show but there's no synth in the title it's true uh, yeah that's true that's true there you go so why don't you guys explain what you do over there at the state of synth we put on a weekly show and uh, we try to get a guest on every week some artists some amazing artists so it's a treat for us because we get to speak to our favorite artists and, and we play some songs just like you do Andy and uh, yeah we try to bring you some news some top stories some uh, this just ins we like to shout out birthdays for synth personas out there and uh, yeah we mention album releases too and of course live concerts and events when there was live concerts and events yeah <laughs> now we just talk about the streams Dennis did I, did I miss anything Groot so I'm going to read off of the description off of our website, thestateofsynth.com. Oh, okay, okay. And this has a little bit more of a summarization as to what we are and what we do. The State of Synth is a weekly live synthwave radio show on nightride.fm. It is one part news show, two parts music, with interviews and just a touch of that old time serial radio. It's funny, it's surreal, yet hugely informative and features great music from synthwave's best artists. I think that's about it. Yeah, and so you guys are definitely a lot more current in terms of the things you choose, well, yeah, right? Well, we're, we're live, right? So We are live. Every, every, every week we're scrambling to find some songs, get our artists lined up for the interview. And bits. We have bits, you know, yeah. fun little anecdotes. Yeah, our, our, our reporters on the ground like Vasto. Vasto Vlad. And Kitty. Synthbot, Dr. Schultz. It's it's kind of a weird thing where I guess you kind of have something similar with Andy's spaceship. It's kind of a you know, you have your interviews, you have your you know, your crux to the show, which is music and talking about synthwave, but then you kinda of have this like little surrounding story arc thing. You know, you're flying in the spaceship and I don't know, talking to that Scottish turtle and, and whatnot. And we have kind of a news twist on things. Wasn't there an Irish rat now? Yes. <laughs> That was uh, my St. Patrick's Day one. We introduced uh, Nibbles McIreland. <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Uh 
Man, I wish I would have thought of the puppet idea first. I mean, uh, I'm so jealous. Well, nobody nobody could see it. We, we, you just hear some puppet voices on our show. It's true. See, it's we're, true. we're not visual. We're just audio only. This is old style AM radio. Well, that's how you can actually manage to make things and actually yeah. put them out. We do a show every single week, which is basically writing the script, doing the bits, which some of the bits are very involved, includes a lot of great voice talents. We also get contributions from like folks like Mike Orvis. Mike Orvis. Of Glitterwolf. Athena Queen. Yeah. She's pretty big in the synthwave scene community. Kitty is our new reporter. She's actually a DJ out of New York. So it's, it's kind of fun. We have a good time. Um, sometimes we play synthwave music, and yeah, so sometimes. Oh, if you, if you could only see the YouTube comments when we air. <laughs> so Andy, a lot of people tune into Night Ride on on YouTube just as background music mm. while they're gaming or studying or doing whatever it is people do in their homes. Synthwave and chill, it's called. So yeah, and then as soon as one of our live streams comes on, whether it's Karen, Zoe Lee, or us with the state of synth and we start talking ah the comments start coming in shut up keep playing music where'd the music go yeah. what is this shit why why are people talking i've had that my whole uh stint uh doing beyond synth and it's interesting because like it's the best synth wave chat show there is and then there's always these comments like, why is there so much talking like well chat is talk and <laughs> the early uh, Beyond Synth like in the first three seasons it was mostly talk and then just song samples sprinkled throughout the episode but it was mostly a conversation show but whatever people fucking uh, the most memorable diss or comment we had in the YouTube was uh, somebody was like what's with all this talking stop the talking get back to music and one of us replied hey this is a radio show and we're actually speaking to the artists who make the music and the guy replies I don't care about the artists who make the music just play the music <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? What planet are you that from? That sounds like a cool guy. Hey, no, 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 no. Give this guy some credit. He sounds really cool, and I want to be his friend. <laughs> Get him on here. <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, listen, well, look, how about this? We're going to we're gonna play some music. Yes. I've asked you guys to uh, select some tunes, so why don't you uh, throw to uh, one of your choices? Yeah, Groot, you kick it off. This is a song by one of my favorite groups, and I don't think they get enough credit in the synthwave scene. Uh, just one of my personal favorites. It's a little group by the name of Von Kaiser. Von Kaiser? I've never heard of them. This, this should be interesting. <laughs> it's called Valley of Dying Stars, and you're listening to it right here on The State of Synth. <laughs>
And that was Von Kaiser with the track Valley of Dying Stars. And that was uh, Dennis G's pick. Because, of course, right now I am chatting with both Dennis and Julian of the State of Synth podcast. You got it. I've been told that the is the operative word here. It's like the most important part. It's very important. (laughs) And let me just say, I have to explain... Because when people shorten it, they shorten it to S-O-S. I like how you pronounce shorten there. You really emphasize the T. Yeah. Shorten. Shorten. Crazy Americans. Mm. But S-O-S is just a weird acronym, so it's got to be T-S-O-S. You know, it's got a nice flow to it. Right. I know. It's kind of cool that you have S-O-S. I have B-S. So (laughs) (laughs) S-O-S is a little cooler, I think. Nice. So, uh, (laughs) listen, Julian, what have you been up to since I talked to you last time? Oh, Lord, like everyone else, I've been locked away in my uh, in my condo, just doing my thing, working from home, doing my little synthy things, no concerts to go to, so tuning into all the crazy cool live streams like Starfarer's Synth Valley streams, and, uh, and of course, uh, the Ollie stream, and Alpha Chrome Yayo, and LeBrock streams, and then of course you got the San Junipero boys, Faith in the Glitchin' Gang. Doing their streams, so I was secretly hoping this list would go on for another few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Name more streams, damn it! Oh, There's a lot of streams. There's a lot of streams. Yeah, <laughs> a lot going on. And then work's been going okay and all that shit. Oh, work's work's been a nightmare. It's actually taken away from my synthing during the days. <laughs> I can't do my socials as much as I like to. 
I'm in IT, so technically, I, you know, I'm supposed to be logged in between, you know, for my work, my scheduled work hours, just in case something breaks. I sh- I'm supposed to be reachable online, but you know, like most jobs like this, there's project work where you get roped into spinning up something new or fixing or adjusting something that's about to roll out. And that's a lot of work. And there's always crazy deadlines and you're depending on other people to do their part. You can't finish yours until theirs is done. Then there's like break fixes, like keeping the lights on. So in my job, you know, we get calls from users saying, hey, our remote access system is doing this or I'm getting disconnected every 10 minutes. And then I got to waste time figuring out what's going on and eventually tell them your internet sucks. <laughs> Do you ever get calls when you're not on the clock? Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm i on call on a two-week rotation. So two weeks, I'm on call. I can get either a ding from some automated monitoring system telling me something's down at three in the morning. Oh, fun. Or I get a call from our overnight guys saying, hey, these users are calling in with this problem. And, you know, so, yeah, fortunately, I work I work for the government. So we're taken care of. We're compensated for that. This is so stupid, but I, I've been playing Mortal Kombat 11 again, and Mortal Kombat. Sometimes I get behind on on editing, and I and I'm torn between like, oh, I want to play games and relax, but I also have to work, and then I end up sort of doing nothing and just sort of staring at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat has this stupid thing where you can get an AI to fight for you because there's so much grinding in the game to like unlock gear. Wait a oh. minute. Really? Yeah, so... You can basically not play the game and just let it (laughs) on autopilot. It's so fucking stupid. So stupid. (laughs) That is the dumbest thing. But it actually made me more productive (laughs) because... I turn it on and then I go, okay, I have the AI. He's working his way through the tower and like earning gear for me. And then I'm editing. And so I feel as though I'm accomplishing video game tasks. So I'm still getting the satisfaction that I need. It's sort of like, it's the same way I feel when I love a video game soundtrack of like an old game. And sometimes I just want to hear it. Like I feel like, oh, I want to go back and play Castlevania. But what I really want to do is just listen to the song from like level one. Then I'm satisfied. And so I feel like this is the same thing like I feel like I just need to see Mortal Kombat characters fighting on my screen but I don't necessarily have to be pushing the buttons we need Gregorio Franco to do some Mortal Kombat themes He's Ooh. done. He's done something, hasn't he? Well, he's, he's done. Well, he's done. He did uh, Goldeneye, but I know he does and Mega Man and Zelda and Final Fantasy. I think he's must. He must have done a Mortal Kombat. I haven't talked to him in a bit. I'll uh, ask him. He was on the last Synth Valley stream. He uh, closed out the night. It was pretty impressive. I feel bad because there's just so much going on, and doing Beyond Synth and Andy Spaceship like uh-huh. it absorbs all of my time, and I'm, I, I miss so many of these streams just because right. we're here to tell you all about it. That's yeah. Well, that's hey, that's the whole. Point. Yes. And this one time on Synth Valley. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what the state of Synth is all about. It's about bringing the news to you, Andy. And we just let you know what's going on in the scene. Yeah, it's like someone throwing a newspaper through my window. (laughs) Paperboy style. (laughs) Here you go, slap. Part of uh, what I'm doing on on today's show, because I'm having all these other hosts of different shows, and it's nice to see how how, how we all sort of coexist in the same uh, universe, because everyone's kind of doing sort of like different things and mm-hmm. tackling it from different points of view. Like that other dude you were talking about who like actually talks about the music. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, imagine that. What's up with that guy? <laughs> what is up with that guy? It's nice. We like the fact that we can have a show that is kind of the pulse of what is going on in the scene. So uh, like Julian said, we cover all the new music releases. I mean, let's say notable releases. Yeah, yeah we got competition, though. I mean, those forever synth boys. Uh, well, they, you know, they're, they're a bunch of punks. I'm calling, I'm calling <laughs> Right their only, their only advantage is they're like five hours ahead of us. 
That's right. They get the early exclusives. Yeah, yeah. They're they're in the UK, so I mean, <laughs> I, they're all right. Yeah. The idea of exclusives was never a thing that interested me. Like yeah. I'm I'm playing music that people sent me like four months ago, right? Because like I, with the with the way the format of the show works is like I maybe play five or six new songs at the start, and then the rest of it's the guests' tracks. And so there's just this backlog of songs. So I I think it's important that there's you know shows like you guys that sort of keep things more current because I always get these emails from artists like, oh, did you have a chance to listen to the song yet? And like, yeah, it'll be on the show in July. <laughs> <laughs> Because to me, my philosophy has always been that like synthwave is this whole scene that's based on this sort of retro nostalgia, anyways, and so it's always going to be new to someone, right? Like there might be someone who discovers Beyond Synth tomorrow, yeah, yeah, who, who now just discovers you know Droid Bishop or Lucasette or something for the first time, and exactly, and then it's new to them, right? And so to me, like release dates aren't. I never even read the emails. Like you know when people send emails and they're like, oh, like yeah. uh, this thing, uh, my right. sing- my single <laughs> drops on fucking you You're know like, July five. I'm like, does it? Okay, <laughs> cool. And then, uh, we'll, we'll hear it next year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, look, speaking of songs, uh, give me another one of your picks. All right. Ooh, my turn. I guess no, end of November uh, 2019, Nina dropped this single, and then it popped onto her album, Cynthians. But uh, Nina, Laura, Laura Fairs, or Lau, and uh, it's also produced by Asilian. Automatic Call by Nina. I love this track.
Alright, and that was Automatic Call by Nina. Julian's pick. And why is Julian picking songs? Because I am talking to Julian and Dennis right now from the State of Synth. State of Synth. And uh, we're just having a good time talking about Synthwave shows. So, uh, Dennis. Yes. Tell me about yourself. Well, I help run a radio station called Night Ride FM. We are a 24-7 synthwave radio network, station, community, and we just do synthwave music. We have a couple different ways that we reach out and get the community involved, because it's kind of a community thing. Uh, we want to get fans together with producers and artists and, and just get together, have a great time. Discord has kind of been our, our gig, uh, so we actually just made partnerships, so that was kind of cool. So if you like go on Discord.com gg slash synthwave you'll actually go right to our site which is fun it's nice because you can get a chance to chat with some notable synthwave artists it's a great way for new artists to get discovered in the scene and we just have fun you know it's good to be part of a community and that's mainly what we're trying to build with night ride fm as a radio station we're trying to build this community where fans and artists and creators of all kinds can kind of just get together and just celebrate the things that we love which is all this retro shit you know yeah well how about uh, you answer my question and tell me about you <laughs> the hell was that this Christ tell me about you Dennis well here's my, my my website are you a website Dennis 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 is night ride <laughs> I am a uh, I'm a DJ I like music I like all this rad stuff you know so I don't only do the state of synth. I mean, I love DJ and I love music. I got into synthwave around, I guess, right around the same time as Jules did. Uh, we discovered Gunship and we said, wow, this is a thing for me. <laughs> and uh, here we are. You know, what do I like to do? I like video games and stories and long walks on the beach. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> You know, it's it's fun. I get to mix my work life now with my family life, with my synthwave life, and I almost got my wife on to do a skit. I was very excited, but Ooh. it didn't work out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mine doesn't talk to me. <laughs> so did you do DJing before you were doing this? What do yes. you do like in your actual life? Well, I used to be a DJ full time back in the glory days of the 2000s era, I guess you'd say. Hmm. Um, Full-time DJ, mobile DJs, we're talking weddings and parties and stuff like that. Uh, clubs, when I get a chance. But now that you know nobody actually goes to parties, I've actually been a web developer for uh, I guess about eight years. Going on nine, I guess. And uh, it's fun. So uh, I like programming. I, I think the whole thing about me is I like building stuff. I don't care what it is, whether it's building communities or building radio stations or building code or shows or whatever it is. I just like making things. Is web development where you make your money? Yes, because I got a secret for all, unless I'm, you know, on like a, a Andy Last show or something like that. Like <laughs> Last. I like the way you say my name. Last. 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 <laughs> Synthway really doesn't have a lot of money in it, unless you're like one of the top, top artists or producers or whatever it is. Uh, we do okay with Night Ride. We make enough to sustain ourselves and that's totally fine you know that's where we want to be so if I'm not like forking money out of my pocket to keep things running like I'm happy um, but yeah you gotta 
make a living, you got to make a buck. So I do that web thing and pay my bills. The other day, I ordered Wendy's from Uber, and the guy delivered it on a bike. Yeah, that must be a Canadian thing. I didn't know uh, that was a, an yeah, option. They got bicycles and scooters, and but it, the GPS didn't show up on the fucking map. Oh, that's probably because his phone was in his pocket. I don't know, no GPS signal. It's like he was sitting at Wendy's, and all of a sudden, like the doorbell rang, and there was just a bag of Wendy's. That couldn't really happen where I'm from. It's like 20 miles to like the nearest restaurant. Are you in the forest? No, we're, we're kind of like in the suburbs, but it's still not practical to move around on a bike, you know, especially for that Uber stuff. Like, I couldn't see it. Like, if I was in the city, like, we're, one of the nice things about where I'm at is we are about 20 minutes from Philadelphia, which is just amazing. Wait, wait were you born and raised there? I was born and raised in South Jersey, yeah. He's a, he's a Jersey boy. I'm a Jerseyan, yeah. Is that what they're called? I don't know what they're called. I don't know what they call us, really, <laughs> honestly. I'm, I'm relying on you to be the expert for this. No, I'm absolutely not uh, an expert on what people call ourselves, but uh, <laughs> look, look it up, Jules. I'm doing that now. <laughs> Jules is always here to save my ass because, like... I don't know things. Last ass. New Jerseyites. <laughs> is it? New Jerseyites? Yeah. Is that what it is? What? Yeah, they're called New Jerseyites. Oh, there it is. That's awful. That doesn't even... Like, New Jerseyites? Yeah, I don't like that at all. But so be it. That's what they call us. Fucking thumbs down to that. <laughs> do you have a proper studio to record your audio and stuff? I do not. And that is why we only do shows at specific times of day. Mm. Because my kids are in bed and the downstairs is nice and quiet. Otherwise, we have just kids running around and screaming and all that fun stuff. Uh, the TV blaring. I have a terrible, terrible studio office. But I have a little blanket that I put across and that's about as professional as it gets. Nice. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, a fucking recording blanket. But you know, this is Synthwave. This is like, you know, it's all about DIY, you know, just do it yourself and make a room and put some equipment in it, get some internets and do a show. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> I tell you what else is easy is is uh, picking great <laughs> tracks. I don't know. If, no, that's awful. Uh, Dennis, give me your <laughs> give me another song. So I'm going to pick this artist, and this is one of my favorite artists right now. And I like pronouncing his name as Mooj, M-O-O-I-J. I'm not really sure if the right pronunciation. And uh, Alexandria... Mayo. Mayo. And uh, this tune here is called Dark Places, the 2020 mix.
right, and that was Moy and Alexandria Mayo with Dark Places, the 2020 mix. And so while we were listening to that, I messaged him on Twitter and said, how do you pronounce your name? And, uh, and he says, it's Moy, like boy, which, uh, which I never would have guessed that pronunciation. I struggle every week with this, Andy, every week. Well, it's an interesting name. He's amazing, though. Yeah, no, it's a good song. And, and of course, I'm here right now with Dennis and Julian from the State of Synth as part of a giant episode where I'll be talking to lots of synth hosts. I can just imagine this episode like a Brady Bunch with all the different hosts. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to have to do for the artwork. Cause like, that's Ooh, <laughs> can you put us in boxes like the Brady Bunch? <laughs> I've already put you into boxes in my mind. Nice. So wh- how did you guys connect and decide to do the show together? I was just doing my little silly social stuff, tweeting out this and that. And then Dennis reaches out from Night Ride and says, hey, Dennis had his own show. He had a synthwave on the fringes. Yeah, yes. I had this little show and I was like, I got this idea for a new show. And it'll be fun to kind of theme it out as a news program. And the only thing is, I need somebody that's like really, really into the scene. And I keep going on my Twitter and I keep seeing this guy, Neon Fox, Neon Fox. And I'm like, oh, this dude. I'm like, I don't know about this guy. He's got this like scary mask. and Scary? I've got the friendly little wink. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to reach out uh, because he seems like a super friendly guy. And I just messaged him and I said, hey, I got this idea for a show and I'm just looking for somebody that is in the scene. And, you know, knows a lot about Synthwave. And do you want to give it a shot? And he said, sure. And we did our first show two years ago. Yeah, two, three. No, we're on. Yeah, yeah. Two, three, three. But anyway, long story short, it was just like, hey, let's just get together. And it was just one person finding another person in the scene. And, you know, just say, hey, let's make friends. And that's what I love about the scene is because people can just meet. And nine times out of ten, the person that you meet is going to be nice and friendly. And so we got together and we just kind of put this show together and it's been kind of blossoming. We've grown and we've gotten a nice little following and a lot of people that wanted to help us because this is really kind of a crazy show and uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah. We, we even we even learned that Andy can swear on his show and you know it, it brings listeners so now we've fucking started swearing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I'll tell you this man, swearing is cool as shit. <laughs> Although to be fair I, I remember in, my, in the early days I did get people actually complaining. Uh, really? That's why I ended up putting a disclaimer. Uh, so you know what? The Forever Synth Boys unfortunately can't because they're actually real radio yeah. being broadcast on satellite and, you know, like those antennas sticking out of buildings and shit. <laughs> it would be an interesting experiment because I do swear a lot just in life. Like, I just swear. I think, I think we all do, especially this last year. There's a, lot, there's a lot to swear about. I would welcome the challenge just as an exercise if someone came along and said like, oh, we're going to syndicate your show, but you can't swear anymore. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I think I would have to come up with a whole bunch of euphemisms like that. That'd be like right. the only way. Exactly. I'll call a bunch of people friendly winks. <laughs> <laughs> the second you said that, I'm like, that sounds like a derogatory term, but I don't right? think it is, right? <laughs> I don't know. What is a wink? I don't know. Is a wink a thing? Calling someone a wink? Oh, boy, these days. I think it's... I know. <laughs> <laughs> a wink is a simpler, smarter home. It's an American brand of software and hardware products that connects and controls. Yes, let's go <laughs> yeah. with that. All right, you fucking winks. <laughs> I know whenever I say things like that and I do actually get worried, like, oh, that better not actually be a thing. Oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, it is a thing. And then uh, somebody gets offended. Yep. <laughs> Wait, is Neon Fox winking? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Hold on. He's got a little wink going on. 
Hold on here. I, I don't believe you, honestly. I've been told it was a friendly wink, but okay, we're going to change the story now. <laughs> Neon Fox. Neon Fox, the friendly wink. Oh, he is winking. Yeah. How about that? Oh, but the mask you wear isn't winking. No, I... I that's oh, well, version, fuck ver- you then. Version 2.0, <laughs> version 2.0 will wink, okay? Are you going to get a like, custom made? No, no, I'm going to try myself. Uh, he just, needs to uh, get the, the guy who does the Daft Punk masks. Yeah, so, you know, in, yeah, already in props, man. I, oh, yeah, that's actually a good idea. That would be but, a yeah, I, I can't use EL wire to do, like, animated winks or something, something like that. I need to switch over to LED matrices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife does these things on TikTok where she dances around wearing, like, a glow suit and stuff, and there's this company that makes all these different glow suits and glow masks, and they'll mm-hmm. keep sending her products, and she just got this mask and it's like it's a mask but it's made up of led dots and you can program it to yeah look like different things uh-huh. is that literally what you were just talking about pretty much yeah okay so something like that <laughs> <laughs> so, see I, I can relate so, i tell your wife to ship it over here yeah no i'm gonna <laughs> jules likes things that glow and that have neon on them i am actually lacking in the neon department over here we actually did an interview for jackson and i just had this bare wall and then you look at <laughs> julian and you look at his wall he's got gunship albums and like neon palm trees and i'm just like <laughs> i got nothing here yeah you know that was staged though right i had to run around like because i have no space in my condo i had to run around and like dig all that stuff out put lay it out behind me just to make it look like you know i got a cool little studio when in fact i'm sitting in my living room at my computer station with a bunch of board games next to me yeah i never know uh where to put a lot of stuff because i mean i you know people send me things and i have all these vinyls and i mean i've turned half my room into a spaceship set so like i have no place to put the the stuff look i've made a spaceship uh, made my bed and i gotta sleep in it so like this is what it is now do you actually have your bed like your real bed in the spaceship because that would actually be pretty cool (laughs) no like that. <laughs> no, luckily, we do have a separate bedroom. <laughs> so Dennis, leave, leave him alone. He's got his race car bed, you know, in a different room. Like I wish. <laughs> I would love a race car bed right around now. We bought that purple. We got sucked into that purple bed. Did you ever hear of that purple thing? No. No. So it's got this bed, and it's got, like, these little hexagon. Oh, instead of springs, it's got, like, weird tubes. Yeah. Supposedly, like, this super manufactured, super scientifically engineered yeah. thing that's supposed to help your back, and I don't <laughs> No man, I Could spent be yours two thousand dollars for only, for only twenty low payments of a hundred dollars a month, and my back still hurts. So, purple bed—that's my review. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted a pillow that has like a hole in it so you can put your arm out, but it goes under the pillow. So, the, you know, like if you're like kind of trying to stretch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Could I steal that and manufacture it? It must exist. They do make a bed where the slats go from sort of left to right across the bed instead of up and down so that when you're lying down and let's say you've got a partner, your arm can go in between a slat and underneath them. Really? Yes, that's a, yes, that's exactly what needs to happen. Yeah. That is incredible. Uh, I, think this, I think it's made. Uh, it's just... We'll have to find it for you. So what I got to type in here? Slat wing? Wow. Bed, Slat bed wing. with with uh, space for arms under <laughs> your latest hookup. Because that is a problem, I have to say. Like, I have recently become a side sleeper. But the thing is, like, I got, like, the two arms. I got one on each side. So if I sleep on my right side... I always feel like I'm like sleeping on my arm and then I'm like waking up in the middle of the night. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it looks like Julian's fucking slat bed might be the answer for all of us. I think I need a slat bed. There you go. It's called. It's called a slat bed. 
out of operation temporarily. I guess it didn't do so well. It's, cu- it's called the uh, <laughs> it's called the cuddle mattress. Cuddle dash mattress. That Hold idea on. didn't go so well. Hold on here. Yeah, cuddle it mattress. It didn't last cuddle long. Cuddle mattress. <laughs> cool. I managed to misspell both words. <laughs> Fuck me. The old coodle mattress. <laughs> All right. Let's check out the old Koodle mattress. There's a picture of a couple hugging on it. <laughs> I don't know, but it's weird because their fucking uh, promo image looks like some weird prison bed or something. I don't like it. <laughs> Maybe that's why, yeah, it didn't, didn't go That's so why well. it didn't sell so well. Like, the premise is fine. Well, look, how about this? Let's listen to one more song here, and then maybe we can wrap up with you guys. Do you have uh, another pick? Oh, Lord, yes, do I. So, Oh, this Lord, song. yes, do I. <laughs> <laughs> This, this this is going to be, like, probably my number one listen-to song this year. Although, Joy Bishop has an album coming out this year, so we'll see. But uh, this new artist, Max Cruz from Australia, he partnered up with Pat DeMeo of the Motion Epic over in Montreal. And uh, he's got an album. It's called Cruise Control. And this track off the album, it's called Dangerous Love, and it is stellar.
and that was Dangerous Love by Max Cruz. And that was uh, Julian's pick. I've been chatting with Julian and Dennis from the state of Synth, and uh, we've been having a good time. We've talked about mattresses, New, New Jersey owns, New, or what New, were they New called Jersey, again? Yeah, New Jerseyites. New Jerseyites. Jersey- <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't yes. New Jersey owns. <laughs> I, I don't know what. Isn't that like? A, isn't that a delicacy? Probably. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, Jersey. Uh, so l- let me tell you a little bit. I do know a little bit about New Jersey. I know we have like really good tomatoes. We have really good. What is it? The, the fruit. Isn't tomato classified as a fruit? Yeah, it is. Peaches. Jersey has tomatoes and peaches. That's yeah, I, thought Georgia, I thought Georgia was peaches. Maybe it is. We're more known for our tomatoes, I guess you would say. What makes a good tomato? You get a nice fat tomato. It's got like all the juicy meat inside. Uh, not a lot of seeds, but you get a lot of that, like the juice and, and it's plump. And it's something to do with our soil, probably because we have toxic waste under us. Sorry, my, my head's in the wrong space. We were talking about a cuddle mattress, and now you're talking about plump and juicy. And hey, Jules, you gotta you gotta keep up, man. We go from beds to tomatoes in like seconds flat. We gotta gotta keep it moving. Mm. Tomatoes. What's next? What's next? As I say goodbye to you, idiots. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Come on, we wanted to monopolize this show. Yeah, this is our show, by well, the yeah, way. Yeah, we, we, we want more time than the Forever Synth boys get. Even if it's one minute. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I don't want anyone to upstage me. So, you know, if I have one of the guests on and they're, like, funnier or whatever, then I'll just cut out all their oh, jokes. Yeah, of course. That's, that's... <laughs> so everyone, like, listens to the show and, like, oh, man, those guys are really dry. I'm like, yeah, man. Hey, man, that's what you get when you listen to that shit. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, look, listen, it was lovely uh, chatting with you. Dennis, you didn't really talk too much about the show, so do you want to just... <laughs> Just mention quickly what it's called and uh, where people should go. Yes, so the name of the show is called The State of Synth. See, I wish really? you would have said that earlier. I mean, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to go. And so you are Dennis, uh, you are Julian, and uh, I've been chatting with the gentleman from The State of Synth on Night Ride FM. Go check it out if you uh, need some synthwave and stuff. Awesome. Thank you for having us, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Take care. All right, and that was my chat with Julian and Dennis from the State of Synth. And that, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons, Mike Shima, Chris Dance, Robert D. Bishop, and John Masari. You guys are all awesome. And, of course, if you want to support the show like those awesome people, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. So how about this? Let's listen to another song, and then we will go chat with somebody else. Now, this is a track from an artist called Ryle, R-Y-A-L. I guess it could be Real or Ryle. I'm going to say Ryle. Please let me know if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Uh, You know, I do that from time to time. Uh, But it's a good track. I think you'll dig it. This is Thunder, and then in brackets, Solo on the Dance Floor by Ryle.
And that was Ryle with the track Thunder, and then in brackets, Solo on the Dance Floor. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Jose Arbello, the King of Hell. And I hope you are doing well, Jose Arbello, because you are a cool guy. Just like Mike Erdahl in the 50-66-66 Club. And of course, Tim Carlton with the 50. You guys are pretty cool guys. I hope you liked that song. Now... We got to get uh, chatting with more people, so let's go chat with Jack Sin. All right, well, I'm here right now with Jack Sin. That's how you say it, right? Yes, sir. That is exactly perfect. Now, today on the show, I'm having all a bunch of hosts here who who do like synthwave related shows and stuff. You have this YouTube channel where you have interviews with artists, but like, does that show have a name? Well, it's just artist interviews. Nice and simple. Then, what is Tour Fiend Travel and Entertainment? So, Tour Fiend Travel and Entertainment. Yeah, it's uh, so that is uh, my company uh, with my girlfriend. Or sorry, that is my company with my wife. So we like have a database for artists, musicians, DJs, uh, as well as do interviews for artists and musicians and different entertainment people, but also we deal in travel and entertainment. So how did that start? Torfine uh, began uh, about a decade ago, and uh, we've just been trying to help bridge gaps between artists and promoters, venues, clubs, DJs, like really kind of trying to create a community. So what does that mean, like, specifically? Like, you're making connections with, like, venues and trying to uh, hook them up with artists, or how does it work? Yeah, between artists and venues and promoters, but also really trying to help build a, a community, a networking community where people can, you know, when they go travel, they can go to these venues, they can go to these places, they can see these clubs, see these DJs, you know, see these artists and really kind of get a sense of community and just building building those bridges. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's fun work. It really is fun work. So why did why did you want to do that in the first place? You know, the world is so big. We were just wanted to try to help make it a little bit smaller, you know, because a lot of the time with artists and musicians and things like that, it's like sometimes they have trouble getting connection with certain clubs or promoters and things like that. But also, too, you know, my wife is a travel agent. So it's like helping to build the travel with the people who want to go to entertainment and want to tour around the world and stuff like that. It helps put it all in one one little package. So did you start on like a micro level, like just sort of branching out from places that were were local to you? Oh, so we're here based in Los Angeles, California. So yes, yeah, so it's sort of kind of finding, you know, it's like doing local stuff within Los Angeles, you know, and doing stuff within Long Beach as well. And then sort of branching out from there and connecting with artists, you know, across the United States and artists in, you know, places overseas in Europe and things like that as well. Which makes this fucking last year a big bummer. Uh, well, you know, for 2020, it's like... Like, what can you do? You know, we're just trying to make the best of the situation. So that was like in 2020, we were kind of going like, okay, well, now that we have a lot of this time on our hands and we've wanted to interview artists and musicians and things like that, we were like, okay, well, since a lot of these artists and musicians have time, you know, right now with the pandemic, let's try to help spread a positive message a little bit. So that's when we wanted to start doing the artist interviews. The artist interviews really were something that we've always wanted to do for Torfine, but really hadn't always worked out with like syncing up the time between 
you know, artists and, and that because of work and touring and stuff like that, you know, because as you know, with artists within a lot of the scenes, people are all over the place sometimes. So with the scheduling, it never really truly worked out until really the pandemic happened. And I think one of the biggest things was pushing that positive message during all this and showing how creative these artists are during this pandemic, really. But it's not just, you know, the synth artists. It's also like we interview like, you know, goth industrial artists, you know, people in the who are entertainers within that dark subculture sometimes as well. But it's like it's sort of been kind of going towards the synth community a lot because there are a lot of synth artists out there. And really, it just kind of helped you to shed a light on their creativity and, and stuff like that, too. So, you know, kind of encompassing all of that. Well, it's good that I mean you're keeping it positive. I like to uh, spread a negative message on this show. <laughs> So it's nice to it's nice to see people out there doing good stuff. Well, thank you. <laughs> I asked all the people who who were coming on to pick tracks to play, and I'd like you to to play me a song. Okay. So what uh, what do you got over there? So we've got Life Like So Electric.
right, that was lifelike with the track So Electric, Jackson's uh, pick here. And why? Because I'm talking to Jackson right now from Tour Fiend Travel and Entertainment. He does uh, artist interviews with lots of people, uh, cool people that you know from the, the synth scene as well as uh, other stuff. Are you having a delightful day over there? I am having a pretty good day. You know, sun's shining outside. It's a beautiful day. It's a little hot. But all in all, I'd say it's a pretty good day. I mean, you said your wife was a travel agent, but like, what do, what do you do? Are you a bum? Are you living off your, your wife's money? What's going on here? <laughs> no, so uh, I am. Uh, I work as a hardware associate, you know, over at the Home Depot. Uh, my wife is a full-time travel agent for her business, Wonderland Adventure Company, as well as Torfine Travel and Entertainment. And she is the brain and the head behind those companies, for sure. Earlier, you corrected yourself because you called her girlfriend and then changed to wife. Did you guys just get married? So we did actually get uh, married back in July, the end of July in 2020. So that was really great being able to do that. Well, how does that work? Because we're in like uh, COVID time right now. Did you just like uh, sign a thing at town hall? Did people actually go to it? Like, how did you do that? Yeah, so it was a very small ceremony. We had uh, just a few close friends there. And uh, yes, it was sort of more of kind of like a town hall kind of thing. Yeah, that's the best way to go, man. My wife and I did town hall and just like our parents came and like a few of her siblings or whatever. And then we had sort of like a party in the summer. We just drank beer and played video games and had a tent set up with a golden eye and rock band. Oh, Christ, what year was that? <laughs> I'm an old man. Remember rock band? Oh, yeah. And Guitar Hero. Wow. <laughs> I tell you, I had a really hard time getting rid of those guitars. I really did. You know, nobody wanted to buy him, you know, after the whole like fad came and went, you know, I think I ended up selling mine on like Craigslist. But I mean, obviously, for a fraction of what they were, when I don't use something for a certain period of time, there's a point where even though you take a hit on reselling it, it's sort of like I'm either going to get 60 bucks for this or nothing and then it will be a box that sits in my house for the rest of my life. So I'll take the 60 bucks. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's my policy. Although, if I'm being honest, I think I got 100, but it was Canadian. So that's pretty much 60 of your dollars. Probably, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Is it uh, complicated, like, keeping track of all of these sort of relationships you have to, like, set up with the uh, venues and things? No, actually, you know, no. I mean, really, the biggest thing for Torfine was, like, always the database, you know, and that was the big thing. We wanted to really create a database on the site where the artists and fans and stuff like that could go. Like, let's say, you know, you wanted to go to Nevada, but you wanted to know what clubs operated in Nevada, what artists were available in Nevada, like, what kind of people were playing within that area or if you're a band and you wanted to know where you can play a show at or something like that or the people you can connect with like promoters and things like that we wanted to create that database that people could have access to so they could kind of get all of that information in a one-stop shop you know and um, that was always a big important thing because when you have social media you know and you're going through like Facebook and Instagram Twitter and all that stuff you kind of have to pour through a lot of pages to get to certain places well with us we just wanted to go you know Nevada Here's a drop-down menu, what clubs operate here, what bands operate here, and so on and so forth, and which ones are active currently, and put you in contact with those venues and those promoters and, and those club nights. The big thing, too, is like, you know, incorporating that travel in there. So it's like if you are, are a band and you're on the West Coast or the East Coast and you want to vice versa go to each coast, you know, it's like, well, you can book your travel through us find the artists and the musicians and the producers you know things like that through the database and you're able to do all everything together like put it all together and, and go off and do your thing you know i guess it's going to be pretty cool when in a 
things kind of return. Yes, yes. Uh, cannot wait for the return of uh, live music and uh, club nights and all that in a safe, safe environment. We cannot wait for that for sure. I still feel like I'm going to be a little weirded out. I don't know how long it's going to take me to adapt. I mean, I know things are never going to be like completely back to normal or at least probably people will still be walking around wearing masks and shit. But like, I don't know if I'm going to feel weird going back to a venue like because I want to like I want to watch live shows again and hang out with my friends and stuff. And I feel like the first few times I go out, I just feel like I'm going to I'm going to be weirded out a bit. That's really the, the interesting thing about this whole this whole pandemic is that, you know, when we're talking about getting back to normal, because, you know, we are huge theme park buffs. We love going to Disneyland. We love going to like places like Universal Studios, you know, Knott's Berry Farm, stuff like that. Even going to like Walt Disney World or like Universal Orlando. Like we love traveling to theme parks. That's one of the big things. So it's like being in those environments where you are constantly surrounded by people, you know, when they started opening things up little by little, you know, like downtown Disney here in California, but you still had to wear a mask. You really couldn't eat. You know, you have to like follow all these strict rules. We found that the more we did it, the easier it was for us to kind of acclimate a little bit better to it mm-hmm. because you're noticing that these safety procedures are in place to make sure that we are comfortable and that everybody is staying safe. So as you kind of continue doing these things, you start to realize, hey, that maybe maybe it is okay for me to kind of have a little bit of fun, you know, but within a safe place, you know? Especially if you're like in a theme park and that sort of thing. Because if there's a lot of like young people around, I notice this whenever I drop my kids off to school and stuff like little kids are faces are always like covered in snot and stuff. And like whenever I look at that, to me, I feel like, oh, shit, you know, like I'm going to get sick or whatever. And so like with everybody wearing masks, it actually uh, makes me feel a bit better. It really does. It really does. We've been wearing masks for over a year now. I kind of go, have you guys ever really gotten sick? Like sick, sick. Usually how you would get like maybe like during the year, you probably get sick like maybe once or twice during a year. I'm like, that this whole year in a mask, have you gotten sick once really that you can remember? I'm like, these masks are doing doing their job. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I know it's always a cliche whenever I'd go to Chinatown or whatever and like sort of make fun of the idea that like, what are they always wearing masks, man? It's always silly. And then now I'm going, oh, I get it. <laughs> I mean, I know for us, you know, at the beginning of 2020, we had went to New York to visit some friends back at the beginning of 2020. Like this was more like New Year's Eve because I went out there to do the event Nightwave to DJ out there. And uh, we visited friends for New Year's Eve. We came back. We were fine. Then two weeks later, we were in Walt Disney World for for a retreat for her travel business for Wonderland Adventure Company. We were there for a retreat for her people that she works with. And we came back and then we started feeling a little sick after that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then we had went to San Francisco at the beginning of February to do <laughs> a DJ event, you know what I mean, in San Francisco for yeah. San Junipero. So we had gotten really, really sick. So, you know, she had gotten really, really sick as well. And we're like, this doesn't feel like the flu, but I mean, who knows? Did we have it? Maybe. Did we not have it? Maybe. That was one of the reasons why I stopped riding the subway. Mm -hmm. I would always find that every time I got home from work, like when I worked a proper job, I would always feel kind of this weird weight, like not a cold, but like just sort of a, like I would have to have a shower immediately when I got home. 
and then I would feel better all of a sudden. So even before the pandemic, I was always kind of wary about being around large groups of people. And now post pandemic, like, I don't know how I, I, I almost I'm worried that I'm going to have like a panic attack or something just because it's been so long since I've been around like a really dense crowd. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. It was funny because four or five years ago, I was at Universal Studios. We were taking photos and video for the travel business. <laughs> And we were licking the railings. We were licking the railing. No. So <laughs> and I was there and I got to tell you, it was like hit me like a punch to the face. Like I got so sick. It was like a flu that really hit me. It was like one of the worst flu feelings that I had ever gotten. And I was fine when I got to the park. But by the end of the night, I'd say around 7 or 8 p.m. when we had to leave, it was like, oh my God, I was like on death's door. I, I was out for the next two days. So it was really, really bad. So it's funny how that thing just kind of creeps up on you. I love that we just talked about being sick for like 10 minutes. <laughs> let's hear, let's reset and talk about happy things. And you can, uh, you can kick it off by playing me another song. Okay, we have Dance with the Dead, Robeast.
Eight, and that was Dance with the Dead with the track Row Beast. That was uh, Jackson's pick because I'm talking to Jackson right now from Tour Fiend Travel and Entertainment, artist interviews, etc. And uh, we're talking about wearing masks and going to theme parks. <laughs> yes, we are. So wait, so you, you do DJing and stuff as well, right? Yes, I do. I DJ for uh, Nightwave and San Junipero. You know, Nightwave originated in New York City. It's uh, San Valentine's Party there at uh, St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn. And uh, then it came out here to Los Angeles about uh, a little over three years ago. Um, We've been doing it here at the Echoplex in downtown Los Angeles. And just over, I'd say about two years ago, it started expanding out into San Francisco. So it's like between New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. For all of this going Going on right now for our San Junipero and Nightwave events, we have went online. So we've been doing streaming through Twitch, through Faith in the Glitch's channel. And for you guys out there, Faith in the Glitch, he has been running a very successful Trist channel for years now. So when we started putting the shows onto the channel, it was like it just helped with the connectivity and viewers and all of that stuff. And so we managed to build off that and we've been doing it every month, alternating between Nightwave event and San Junipero event each month. So then you have like a DJ set up at your place? Uh, yeah. So we get brought in live. We log into like a certain program that goes to a server and then it connects to his stuff and then we're able to bring us in. So I'm here in Los Angeles and the guys are on the East Coast, you know, in New York City. You know, so the party usually starts at around 8 p.m. their time, which would be 5 p.m. our time and go for about eight hours. Shit, that's a... <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah, it's like two hour sets each. So, you know, <laughs> there's four of us. So. Well, that's cool. I mean, at least you get to keep your uh, chops up. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we definitely love doing that. You know, it, it's great because we get to connect with the fans. We get to, you know, get that, you know, feedback from everybody in the chat and all that. But as far as going back to like live DJing and things like that, I know some people are like being able to do outdoor DJing and things like that. A lot of, you see a lot of DJs being able to do that now, but uh, I think that, you know, we're waiting until we can get to that live event, you know, feeling again. I would just cover myself in like a hazmat suit or something and just say like, that's part of your DJ character now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's all part of the plan. DJ hazmat. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone's going to do that for real. So might as well take that idea before somebody else does. Exactly, exactly. It reminds me of, um, I don't know if you saw the news reports back in 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic, but you know, when the, the parents were spraying their kids with Lysol <laughs> as they were going to school, dressing them up in like bags and stuff like that to give them the hazmat <laughs> suit. So yeah, I think something cobbled together would look really, really great at the club. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you just got to be a reasonable person like throughout this whole thing obviously i've been fortunate enough to to work from home and stuff but i was never at that weird level of paranoia where i was like dipping my hands in bleach and like drinking lysol and shit like for me it's just you know i just avoid crowds and i don't go to the grocery store as much as i used to and although drinking lysol is fun (laughs) i mean yeah it does have a nice interesting aftertaste right Well, look, I would be I would be remiss if I uh, did not also acknowledge that you also make music. You've got uh, music up on Bandcamp and stuff, and you kind of make you got some synthy stuff in there. It's kind of more in the industrial kind of zone. Kind of reminds me of the stuff I used to listen to in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got, uh, of course, I have uh, two of the most recent singles out. My new single in uh, January, Neo Future, and then my most recent one just came out a little while ago. It's called Lethal Pursuit. 
Uh, that's right now going on in the band camp right now. And you guys can all check that out. Well, how about this? How about we listen to it right now? Awesome. So listen, man, this is uh, this is Lethal Pursuit by Jackson.
right, and that was Lethal Pursuit by Jackson, and I'm here with Jackson right now. So, uh, yeah, man, talk to me about uh, making tunes. So this, you know, as far as making tunes, and, and I've been kind of doing this since about, like, playing in bands and, and uh, being part of the music scene since, like, 2002. And over time, it's like, you know, you have different influences going back to, like, the early years it was like more rock influence and stuff like that more of the rob zombie kind of cold chamber influences and then progressing you know into electronic music where you kind of get inspired by you know industrial acts or like some early 90s industrial or just like techno and trance and things like that and then progressing you know into years later where it's like i absolutely love the synth wave dark synth retro wave outrun genres i absolutely love these genres and uh, they're really near and dear to my heart and uh, anything that has to do with those complexities of futuristic elements and stuff like that I always thought was really really great so I think like incorporating a lot of those themes into my music you know they really kind of help expand this overall narrative that I'm trying to convey. This is a solo project? Do you have other people involved in it? Or? It's now solo. It's just me completely. I mean, it was always been just me really like writing everything. But as far as for live shows, it's like I would have my wife, she would be playing keyboards and synthesizers for me on tour. When we play shows, you know, here locally or if we were traveling abroad to tour. And that was always really great, like having her there doing live performances and stuff like that. And she's, she can really really well on those synthesizers and keyboards i'll tell you nice but yeah so right now everything is just you know me doing everything solo right now because we can't do shows and stuff like that it's just i've kind of been going okay well i just want to release this new music i have and kind of put it out one at a time and just kind of let it soak in see what it does so i mean like she still will play them when you do live again it's just that since you haven't been doing shows like well i know i will we will see what happens we'll see what happens does she enjoy doing it or you, like, oh, you just drag does, her along and be like you're playing she keyboards does. for me <laughs> she does she does enjoy it she does enjoy it for sure then I guess this sort of works I, I guess as, as you were building up this database then I guess you've, you've also had your your eye on it as a musician as well exactly exactly and and that was one of the greatest things about you know the Torfine database is like really building those bridges you know with the artists and promoters and, and the fans really and so like being on that and being a part of that you know really does help and the biggest message that we wanted to always convey through Torfine is always like we aren't succeeding unless we're all succeeding together and it always takes a big collective to help people succeed so as long as there are people out there who have that same mindset and are willing to help and, and be available and open to possibilities and ideas and working together then we can achieve anything really we can well that's a very lovely sentiment to, to end on here man well thank you well thank you I mean uh, really that's the big truth you know it's, it's like that is what is the most important it's the core the core value you know connecting everybody and making it all feel inclusive you know yeah man well listen you're doing you're doing a good thing and of course if people want to check out uh, the artist well where should they go what's the website so if they want to go check out Torfine you can head over to Torfine.com and you can check it stuff out there right now like right now we are kind of going through a reshifting on the database at the moment but we do have links for people to check out live streams going on for djs and artists within the different scenes so they can go check those out and get information on that you can also connect on all of our socials at Torfiend and uh, connect with us and uh, get a sense of what we do and what we love to share with all of you guys out there and of course 
you know, we are here for your travel needs and your entertainment needs. Awesome, man. Well, look, keep on doing cool things and, and have a lovely day. I, I know I sort of raised my intonation as if I was going to say something else, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I will. I will have a lovely day. I mean, it's kind of getting the day started right now, but, uh, you know, it's everybody out there. Every day is a day of possibilities. And remember, you can have the kind of day that you want to have. You definitely can. See, this is great to have these sort of motivational things. Normally, I just yell at my audience and tell them they will always fail. So, like, this is great. (laughs) All right. Well, you take care, dude. Thank you. All right. And that was my conversation with Jack Sin. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend, and City Hunter, the coolest guy in town. I hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you so much for supporting the show. It means a lot to me. And uh, I tell you what else I like. What? (laughs) How about this? How about we listen to another song, all right? You know, I don't often play covers on this show. I feel like this season I've played a bunch of covers, and I always start by saying I don't play covers. But hey, today's a weird show, so let's do some weird things. This is a cover of Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order, one of my favorite songs, by Charlie Young, and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Hugh Hefna in the 2666 Club. Hope you're having a lovely day, and I hope you enjoy this track. This is Charlie Young with Bizarre Love Triangle. Triangle.
All right, and that was Bizarre Love Triangle, a cover by Charlie Young of the New Order track, and that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Awesome people like Clint Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt, Newmark, and Alex Seligson. I hope you guys are having a lovely day, because I know I am. And uh, look, we got to keep this show rolling, so let's uh, go chat with Car and Zoe Lee. All right. Well, I am here right now with Karen Zoe Lee. That's how you say that, right? Perfect. Why? Well, I have a team of researchers, and so they spelled it out phonetically for me. Oh, good. <laughs> you DJ music on Night Ride FM, but do you have a show, mm-hmm. or do you just are just there? That's my show. It's my radio show on Night Ride FM. Right, but what do you call it? I never named it. That's it's my question. Yeah. <laughs> Karen Zoe Lee live on Night Ride FM. Okay. <laughs> Well, I just want to make sure. I was talking to Jackson, and he does artist interviews, but, like, there's no name for it. It's just like, they're just artist interviews he puts up on YouTube. And I was like, oh, shit, I thought I was doing a bad job because I wasn't researching properly. And then I was on Night Ride FM looking at your archive, and I'm like, what the fuck is this show called? (laughs) (laughs) Karen Zoe Lee Live, that's what I call it. I don't know. It sounds vain, but that's just because I was too lazy to come up with the title. Well, not lazy. I guess I didn't know that I needed to title the show. It was just, I'm bringing music to Night Ride and... The title is Night Ride. <laughs> I don't know what's less lazy is not coming up with a name or coming up with one with the word synth in it. <laughs> so there, there are different types of laziness. That's okay. I don't, I don't have the clout, though. You've got the clout. <laughs> well, the only clout I have is that I did it first, so I can make fun of everybody else. <laughs> That's something. Yeah, I guess so. So tell everybody about Karen Zoe Lee. Who is Karen Zoe Lee? Goodness, Karen Zoe Lee is just a fan of the music. You know, I used to dabble in music a little bit, but I never got good. So I, I retained the respect for people that ran with it. I guess I, I became a part of promoting on a pro bono level, just out of sheer love of the music. I, I was a passive fan, just listening like on Spotify to artists that I didn't have any idea what their following was. I didn't know there was a scene. I didn't know anything about the community. Sort of stumbled upon it by accident after becoming such a big fan of Michael Oakley, for instance, because I found his uh, social media stuff and then there were fans commenting on his Facebook page and I found them and got to know them because we're all commenting on the same stuff. After going to an FM 84 show roughly around the same time and speaking to those guys, I, I realized that even the giants are, you know, giants in a very small community. You and I met, right? We Didn't we meet at uh, Outland? Yeah, and I hadn't done any of this yet. I was getting ready to start broadcasting because Night Ride had announced earlier that summer that they were looking for somebody new. And I, I was uh, getting my software and hardware all together. And I think my first broadcast was that August month later. So then what do you you do then when you're not uh, hosting radio shows? Well, nothing musically related unfortunately. I'm trying to get a piano in this house. I secured one with a friend of mine who I was supposed to buy it from before the pandemic and I haven't seen them since. Not really to do synthwave, I just need a piano around just to play again. Other than that, I'm I'm the mother of a five-year-old who is uh, kind of in preschool part-time and just he takes up a lot of my time and energy because he's five you know are they doing like the school at home thing where where are you located uh i'm on the outskirts of seattle washington in a town called tequila he's been in a class of six kids and they've expanded to eight and they keep the tables separate and hand sanitizer everywhere they wash their hands all the time so they're trying to keep it as safe as possible 
they did shut down for a while. They did try to do Zoom classes for preschoolers. That's just yeah. not a thing. <laughs> They're not learning anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my wife works in a daycare. And so, like, the amount of protocols there are means that you just can't give kids, like, the care you want to give them, especially, like, at that age and especially in, like, a daycare setting. It's a lot of, like, well, just keep them all apart and cover them in plastic. And if they sneeze, you know, <laughs> kick them outside and all this stuff. And it's just every single regulation she has to do is, like, the antithesis of what running a daycare center is all about you know it's like every single rule is just like all the things that you would normally do to take care of a kid you can't do now Mm -hmm. and so it makes it really tricky yeah because they hurt themselves you can't just hug them it's not allowed anymore they're not allowed to sing oh that's one the the rules are, are i mean i understand them it's just like there are certain professions and certain jobs where it's just it sucks right because i totally understand the need for the rules and the rules but then there's some you know like if you work at a buffet <laughs> you know like you're just kind of fucked right i mean like yeah the rules make sense but it sucks for you if you have a buffet fucking business because like well, not if you have a, a buffet fucking business. That's a different thing. <laughs> Sorry. <That's, laughs> that doesn't sound safe either. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> it turns out that pandemics are a big pain in the ass. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, look. Listen, let's let's cheer this thing up here and talk about music now. You want to hear something? Yes, I do. All right. Uh, let's start with one of, one of my first favorites from before I ever found the community, an artist called Android Automatic. I really loved his 2016 release, Mojave. And uh, I had to find the tape on Discogs. I'm sorry, if you had any left, I would have bought it directly from you. But man, you didn't. My favorite track is a ballad on Mojave called Lost in the Desert Sky.
right, and that was Android Automatic with Lost in the Desert Sky. And that was a pick from Karin Zoe Lee, who I am talking to right now. I am still here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Again, someone was making fun of me the other day because I reset after I play a song like it's a radio show, except since it's a podcast, you can't really tune in to the middle of it. Uh, well, you know, it maintains the uh, the structure of radio production and hosting so i guess so maybe they do jump back in later who knows maybe they forget yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot of my listeners suffer from amnesia so <laughs> i'm doing them a favor oh, they're stoners that's what's going on <laughs> <laughs> so when and why did you want to do like the the show in the first place well honestly i was just sharing what i liked on social media i opened my twitter back up and started doing it there uh, more active on Facebook and Instagram. I opened my Instagram again. I didn't really use it. I came back just to promote music. And then uh, I saw a post on Twitter from Night Ride FM saying they're looking for more broadcasters. Like, well, I've done public speaking. I've done stand-up comedy. I'm, I'm not afraid of an audience. And I love the music. And uh, if I can give exposure to some of the lesser-known artists that I think have a lot of potential, why not? You know, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. So I guess it sort of happened by chance. I wasn't looking to be on the radio. They were just looking for somebody. How do you set up for doing like a night ride show because that website's sort of always kind of going right so do you have to like patch into something or yeah exactly i use dj software we all use like a different program i think i use mix because it's free and it works for what i need it for but yeah they gave us all the connection information we just patch in and sign on there have been some times when my internet has been faulty and it kicks me off and i have to sign on again and i've pissed people off doing that and so i just give up for the night <laughs> i got it fixed though got it fixed is karin your actual name yeah i've never seen that name before it's norwegian okay yeah my great-grandfather from norway uh his name was Corey k-a-a-r-e his middle name was lee that uh, was me karin lee as for my last name, it's changed so much throughout my life, you know, stepdads and whatever, that I started using Lee as my middle name. And Zoe was actually second running up for my uh, first name. My mom almost named me Zoe. So when I was 14, I'm like, I'm dropping my last name because, you know, uncertain father figures, whatever. Mm. She got married again. I'm not taking another last name. Yeah. <laughs> so Lee's my last name. She almost named me Zoe. Zoe's my middle name. Karin is the name I was born with. So, Well, that's fun. Going through life, just swapping names all over the place like a spy. Yeah, and by being Karin Zoe Lee, I put a stop to that. So you're not a spy anymore. <laughs> not a spy. Well, I'm a, I'm a synthwave spy and everyone, I don't I don't know. Cut that out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Now you got to explain that metaphor. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking before about doing public speaking. What was that about? I, I don't know. I've been in um, plays and stuff from an early age, and uh, it was just like a room full of parents. So it was like nothing to me. Mm. And then the next play was like a bigger room full of parents. So it was still nothing. And then bigger rooms of more parents and siblings, aunts and uncles, until I was doing theater in high school. And as the audience slowly grew, I never found my stage fright. I was eventually doing stand-up comedy. Did that for two years. Figured I wasn't that funny. Well, the community is also, it's a little split. You got half that are very supportive and, and half that will just shit talk you. 
tell some of the most offensive, misogynistic jokes. But hey, man, that's how you know you're you're one of the crowd if you can sit there and be shit on all day. <laughs> to be fair, like I like some hardcore comedy, but at the same time, there's this perception of the that in order to be good, you have to be able to take being shit on by other people. And it's sort of like I've never understood that aspect. It's like, or we could just be cool and have fun and tell jokes because you'll always see that with like famous comedians, like when they talk, it's like this whole the hazing aspect of like yeah i hate hanging out with people who are constantly shit talking all the time because after a while i'm like all right i get it all right i suck like shut up like i thought we we're <laughs> having a good time here like what the fuck like whenever i hang around people who like that's their whole thing is like to just fucking treat you like shit and be like oh but i'm being funny i'm like okay asshole like yeah, just a joke to be so sensitive while i understand a little bit of that attitude of like obviously if you're talking in front of people you have to be able to handle rejection and handle when things don't go well but I don't understand also having to layer on top of that being fucking shit on by your peers and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I do that only in the context of a roast battle. Which, by the way, I'm good at. I won the last one. <laughs> like, if you put me in the context of shitting on someone, I can do it. But take me out of that and I have no desire. I'm not big into that roast battle thing. I think it's mean. The only roast battle I ever did was that one. And I won it. And believe me, it felt terrible. <laughs> I'm too empathetic and I'm too aware of all the things that are wrong with me and I don't want to hear them repeated. (laughs) I think that's it. So it's like, if I went into that thing, we're just like, now it's fair game to make fun of me. I'm like, I don't want to hear this shit. Like, (laughs) I know this stuff. It sucks. What were you doing? Like open mics and stuff? Like what were you? uh... Yeah, I was doing open mics a lot. This one in particular was a paid show organized and all the opponents were organized into little tournament heats. But for the most part, yeah, open mic comedy has been my thing. I'm not great. I might get one or two laughs in a three to five minute set and that's not good, but at least I'll know what works and what doesn't. I might even go back when the pandemic is over and they start opening up the world again. Who knows? I've got a lot to talk about now that I've discovered the synthwave scene. (laughs) Not bad things. (laughs) I'm not going to like crap on any of the artists. That's not what it is. It's just the dynamics in this scene versus the comedy scene are funny to me. I hope somebody else will find them funny. There's going to be a lot of similar tropes if you're dealing in a scene that's like mostly dudes. Yeah. Like I think a lot of those things apply to any community because synthwave just happens to be that way and then when i compare it to other communities like gamer communities and other things like that you start to see sort of like the same kind of tropes and things sort of like pop up and like oh i see it's just this is what happens when you get a bunch of nerdy guys in the same place there's always a group of edgelords Mm, those are my favorite (laughs) listen why don't you uh play me another song all right uh well another one of my favorites that goodness i've probably aired this song on night ride more than any other this is a a track from lure ver one of his older ones from uh, Crystallica, which he recently, seven years later, released on vinyl. Uh, this is a song called Lurver's Theme.
All right, and that was Lure Vert's theme. Karen Zoe Lee's pick. And why is she picking tracks? Because I'm talking to her right now, who hosts the nameless show on Night Ride FM. <laughs> it has my name. If you were going to make a shirt, what the fuck would it be? Karen Zoe Lee live on Night Ride FM. Long title. <laughs> well, then that's what the name of the show is. I think if I thought I deserved shirts, I would think I deserved a title for my show first. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, tr- I'm trying to make you, I'm putting on my business brain and going like. If you were going to make a hat supporting your show. Goodness. Probably just my name. Yeah, for now. Just a, just a red hat that just says, Make America Great Again? Would that be it? <laughs> that might be taken. <laughs> but I don't have to get them made. I can just, you know, go to the dumpster and yank <laughs> them out of there. Over all the years, and my old man brain now, because I've seen like just thousands of artist names, and and I can't keep them straight. And then there's just certain ones that <laughs> pop it, and it's like you know when you you walk down the street and you, there's like a familiar smell or something. It's like oh that brings me back to like being a kid and walking past the donut shop or something. Yeah. When I hear the name Lure Vert, I'm like oh yeah. In the first season of Beyond Synth, I had him like call in and tell me how to pronounce his name. Does he pronounce the T? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've been calling them lure there. Yeah, no, I remember the lure part because I was like, I'm, I'm trying to do it. It's like with my French ear, I'm going like, is it lure, lure, like this? And he's like, just say lure, lure vert. But I can't remember if the T is heard or not. Uh, Maybe I should say hi to that guy. It's been a, like probably since uh, he released that thing seven years ago is, uh, when I chatted with him. But look, who cares? I'm talking to you now. So do you have any plans for your nameless show? <laughs> Once the venues start opening up again, I'm going to put my focus back into live shows because that's where I was really headed before everything shut down. I was trying to get people on stage, you know, for the first time. Techno Mage, they, they got their first gig, goodness, at a house party <laughs> that I was <laughs> told to bring artists to. And then they, they got themselves a gig through packs. Yeah, they've been doing really well for themselves. And another artist, Hideotronic, who's a local to me, who is not set up for live shows, but I've kind of been pushing him too, because I know that he's got the right energy for it. And that hopefully he's going to be on one of the live streams. I got my fingers crossed for him for Synth Valley Stream Fest. I don't know, eight <laughs> when he'll be ready. And then when the venues themselves are, are back open again, uh, we have one venue, the Highline, that works closely with a company called Synth City PDX. They're in Portland, but they do a lot of Seattle events. And I'm hoping to work with them to get more more, more hands on them in Seattle. Because I, I know it's got to be a pain to travel from Portland to Seattle every time they want to make something happen in both cities. They've been doing a Neon Rose every year. And a, a New York New Year's Eve party too, and they've been talking about doing more. So when they heard that I wanted to get more involved in getting people on stage, they showed some interest. But yeah, then COVID. So do you see yourself then becoming like a, a liaison for like synthwave artists? Yeah, I kind of feel like I already am in a way. I just I need to develop people's trust in me. See, I was trying to help organize a tour for a user. I was trying to help his tour organizer Josiah, who's local to us. Users local to us, and uh, he had me reach out, kind of just cold calling these venues, and they didn't even answer. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do here. I can't just email a venue. They don't know who I am. I'm just asking them if I can do this show, and they don't even respond. And then I hear about how it takes uh, some amount of clout, some kind of uh, familiarity with the venues and who runs them there. But we're learning. We're all learning how it's done. User show was the last one I saw. It was late February, I think. Yeah. But I remember being part of some chain email where they're like, oh, like Andy, you know, like places in Toronto. I'm like, this is not my skill set. Yeah. So I can't, I can't set things up. I can't fucking connect people. I can't do anything. I just host a radio show in a weird 
show with puppets in a spaceship. <laughs> that's the two things I do, and that's it. That's hilarious, by the way. That turtle cracks me up. Well, they're fun to make. <laughs> you know, like a lot of synthwave stuff is always about being cool and Lamborghinis and a red light from here and a blue light from here and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what if I talk to a puppet turtle on a spaceship? That's uh, <laughs> ridiculous. But the spaceship is cool. The set's cool. See, I like that cool and comedy layered on top of each other. That's my taste. It's all cardboard. <laughs> cardboard and craft foam. Do you have the dollar store in the States or is there like a different brand? Uh, we do have dollar store, but we also have dollar tree. Dollar tree. Oh, well, that's right. We have Dollarama. I don't know if we have that. <laughs> Dollarama is like uh, the logo is fluorescent green with like fluorescent yellow, big bold lettering. It just says Dollarama. I wonder if it's still, sometimes that happens where there's like the Canadian company has a different name, but they're the same thing. We have that within the country. Like we have Fred Meyer on the West Coast and on the East Coast, they call it Kroger. It's all the Kroger company, but even within the States, they call them different things. Kroger is such a weird word. It's a name. <laughs> Kroger. 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 I had some gum, but I have. we have Excel over here, but in the States, it's called... Uh, it's like the package and everything is the same, but the name is different. In America, it's called Eclipse. We do have Orbit. I guess we also have Eclipse. I don't know. I'm not a gum connoisseur. <laughs> what is Orbit? Orbit gum? Is it gum? Yeah. Orbit is a brand of sugarless sugarless. Fuck this. <laughs> Isn't Eclipse also? Is it? Oh, I guess it's all sugarless. Never mind. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot. Like in my high school, I remember I chewed so much gum that I remember I think I started to feel weird. It's like I was like absorbing aspartame into my bloodstream. Oh my. You got to get this gum with xylitol in it now. What the shit is xylitol? Um, it's another sugar alcohol, but it doesn't give you GI distress. What's GI distress? Shitting yourself. Oh. <laughs> I heard a story about a, a flight attendant who chewed an entire pack of aspartame gum. This is like in the 80s when aspartame was the only sugar-free alternative. She chewed a whole pack and she had chronic diarrhea for years and she couldn't figure out why. Doctor told her... That's because you're consuming this much aspartame on a daily basis. So it's a laxative? I guess enough of it is. Hmm. I, th I suppose if you choose one or two or even five pieces a day, you'll be fine. But she was chewing like in a whole pack of 24. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to cut any of this? No, no, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't edit this show. <laughs> or if I do, it's literally I'm just going to keep this part... <laughs> Just talking about diarrhea gum. <laughs> well, how about this? Why don't you uh, play me another song? All right. All right. Well, there's this artist, Chien Lee, who uh, I found recently, and uh, he's got quite a history going way before Synthwave. He just likes to make music of all kinds, and I happened to find his synth music. Um, he released an album on Bandcamp called Departure. He, he released that last year because uh, Neon Fox and I were bugging him. He's He's got all these singles on uh, Spotify, and I've been wanting to play them. So he's like, oh, I'll, I'll send you whatever you want to play on Night Ride. I know you need the MP3, so he'll email it to me. And I said, no, what about all of them for everybody? Get it on Bandcamp. And he did. He released it on Bandcamp because we pushed him. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite songs from Chien Lee's Departure is the very first track, Into the Night.
All right, and that was Into the Night by Chien Lee. And that was Karen Zoe Lee's pick. Uh-oh, Reese having some nepotism here. This is uh, uh, another Lee, even though that's not your actual... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> is there something you want to tell people that we didn't uh, talk about? Send me your submissions if you got anything. Uh, I, I would love to hear what you got. And um... <laughs> here, I'll send it right away. <laughs> I've got some great songs. If you want to come listen on nightride.fm, there's 24-7 stream. Um, you could submit your music to the 24-7 stream. If you want to submit to any of the shows, you'll have to get it to us by email. And um, yeah, find me on socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do you have a specific time that you broadcast? Usually I try to get on Thursday evening, 6 p.m., Pacific time, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I do work around the schedule of the state of synth because their uh, main host, Dennis, his wife's a nurse or something, and, and he's working around her schedule. So they try to get on Tuesday evenings, same time. We might switch Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm also on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. my time, which is 6 p.m. UK time. <laughs> y- yeah. <laughs> You thought it was going to be an easy answer. But then, but then, you know, sometimes it's a Wednesday at uh, 4 p.m. GMT, which is actually uh, 6 p.m. <laughs> Australian time the next day. And sometimes myself or Neon Fox will just jump on because we feel like it at a moment's notice. If you want to know when we'll be on, keep up with us on socials. I try to stick to as consistent a schedule as possible. doesn't always work, but I'll always let you know. Perfect. So people should go then follow Karin Zoe Lee, which is K-A-A-R-I-N. Z-O-E-L-E-E. Oh, yeah, Z. You Yanks and your Zs. <laughs> you know what's funny? The guy that runs Night Ride goes by Z, but he's Australian. And I said, do we call you Zed? And he laughed at me. Like, well, why is that funny? I would have asked him the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Then I would have punched his lights out. Because <laughs> I'm a tough guy and I punch people's lights out. That's what I do. Yeah, I can see it. I just, I get that vibe from you, man. <laughs> All right, so people go check out Karen Zoe Lee. She hosts a show. It doesn't have a name, but it's a good time if you like listening to synth tunes. <laughs> and uh, it's on Night Ride FM. Yeah. Oh, I hope you have a lovely someplace near Seattle day. <laughs> I, f- I forget the name Thank now of the you. town. I'll remember when I re- rewind and edit this thing, and I'll just dub my voice in just saying it. It's fine. It's it's just Seattle. We're moving soon anyway within Seattle, so it's still going to be Seattle in a different neighborhood. Are you going to try and get a house where you can have a little uh, cupboard to record in? Yeah. I'm in our master bedroom, in the corner of the bedroom. That's where I record. My husband has the office. Now we're looking for a place with two offices. So nice. I need some place to hang all my posters and stuff. You know, my outline posters and stuff are still in the poster tube that I flew them home in. Those frames are so expensive. I need frames. I know how it feels. My uh, spaceship set is technically the uh, one side of my living room, so <laughs> I don't have an office. That's the tricky part. When the kids stay home, when they, they, the second they announce homeschooling, I'm just like, well, fuck. Like, I can't film. Like, the only time I can do any filming is, like, midnight to six, and, like, I am i can't do it because I'm just really tired, and so I end up all day going, oh, it's great. I'll get everything set up, and I'll film at nighttime. Kids will be asleep, fucking get my work done, and then around 10 p.m., I'm like... Or I could just go to bed, and then that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I've got that problem. I save my interview editing until, like, the night before. When you have a kid and you become so tired all the time that, like, you develop the ability to just sleep at any moment. Like, you just have to sit in, like, a mildly comfortable chair, <laughs> and then it's like, and I'm out. That's not me. That's definitely my husband, though. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's a guy thing to uh, avoid doing any chores. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) He works and I don't, so it's fine. 
I, I'm fine with the chores. Yeah. <laughs> you can sleep at 8, 8, 8 p.m. if he needs to. To be honest, I find doing dishes really relaxing. Like, I actually enjoy doing dishes. I think that's my least favorite just because it's boring to me. Well, I listen to podcasts. That's what I need to do. But I can't touch the phone because my hands have dished things. So like every time there's a thing I have to skip in a podcast or click on the next one or skip through the ads and I got to go and dry my hands and (laughs) this is a fucking horrible way to end a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I use Alexa. When I when I remember to, if I'm listening to music, I use Alexa and I can just tell her to skip songs. So. Oh, I just don't trust those things. I probably shouldn't either. I just feel like once I have one of those things and I'm going to be talking uh, and then like all of a sudden like Amazon shipments are going to come to the house. It's just like, <laughs> you ordered this box of dildos. I'm like, no, I was just <laughs> I was just talking about how much I would love a box. <laughs> it's like I called my friend a dildo. I did not say send me a case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, listen, have a lovely day. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, and uh, keep on uh, doing shows and people go listen on Night Ride FM. And you, I don't need to tell you, but you keep doing your thing. You're several years long. <laughs> I'll try. I'm just a front man. There's just uh, someone else. There's like a sweatshop of people that like do all the editing and stuff and I just have to show up. I'm like Krusty the Clown. I just kick the door in and I just record <laughs> for like two minutes and take off and... I said I need a little sweatshop working for me. I think we all do. (laughs) If there's any moral we've learned in today's conversation, it's that. (laughs) Anyway, listen, uh, thanks for chatting. Thank you. All right, and that was my chat with Karin Zoe Lee. That was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. People like Neverman, Eurobeat Intensifies, A Star Apart, and Restless Nights. You guys are the true heroes. I don't know what that means, I just... (laughs) Thought I'd say it. Uh, look, so let's listen to another song. I had her on the show earlier this season. Uh, she's super talented and makes cool music. And her name is Yota. And this is a song that I dig. This is Images by Yota.
All right, and that was Yota with the track Images. And if you want to know more about her, you can uh, check out uh, the episode we did just earlier this season. She's a cool lady, and that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. People like Honeybeard, Johnny Five, Monkey Magics, Kempson, and Ken Giroux. You know, you guys are all Giroux-tastic as far as I'm concerned, and thank you so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Uh, or you can support the show on PayPal. You know how to do that. But look, that's neither here nor there because we got to talk to more people. All right? So let's go chat now with Ray from SynthZone. All right. Well, I am here right now. Wait, now, what do you do? You go by Raymond or Ray? Yeah, you can call me Ray, man. Ray. All right. I am here right now with Ray Garcia, the host. Yeah, and you host a Synth Zone. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. All right. Well, it's been good talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? This is a, this is kind of an awkward interview because I've I've never been interviewed at all. I don't think. Well, if anyone ever listens to my show, they know that what I usually do is just cut the guest off and start to talking about Mortal Kombat and Goldeneye. So right or Perfect Dark, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I listen to the show, bro. I know what you talk about. <laughs> Well, now I have to turn into a proper interviewer here. What to uh, tell people about yourself? Who is Ray Garcia? Ray Garcia is a weird guy who lives in the middle of nowhere, California. What is considered the middle of nowhere, California? Well, I grew up in a small town called Kalinga, California, which is like right in the, I like to say the armpit of California. Because it's literally in the middle of nowhere, but it is like split between Los Angeles and San Francisco. I'm about three hours away from each city. What's the population? I think the actual population of my hometown is only like 8,000, I think. But then technically it's 16,000, but that's including a giant prison and a giant mental hospital. Wait, so does that population count to be big enough to have, like, a movie theater? It does. Yeah, there is a movie theater here, but I'm technically self-banned from this movie theater. That's a completely different story. I don't know if we can get into that one. Self-banned? I used to have a podcast before Sin Zone, and I used to say a lot of things on there that was a little bit controversial. Mm. I was talking about the business practice of this movie theater in particular, and I just kind of never went back after I talked about this movie theater. Wait, when you say controversial, you just mean, like, were you pushing buttons? Were you fighting the power? Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> because um, a little brief history about this said movie theater in this in my hometown is that... Did they pee in the soda, or...? No, okay, so back in, I think it was, like, in 2013, they, like, did a membership thing. So it's a very small theater. It's a two-screen movie theater and they probably get like two movies a month and they were struggling for a while and so they were trying to come up with like different business practices to keep the movie theater open one of the ideas that they had was just like let's start a monthly service where you guys pay where people can pay for a membership for ten dollars a month or fifteen dollars for one movie day and to me at that time i think netflix was still kind of like barely a thing when it came to streaming and my big thing was there's people in this town who couldn't afford netflix and you guys expected them to pay ten dollars a month to go to a movie theater that only shows two movies a month like to me i i just felt really weird about that and 
I was kind of offended <laughs> by this business practice. So I talked about it on my previous podcast. It was called Power Talk Radio at the time. And I said that it was a poor business choice because I, I felt like it was going to draw people away from the movie theater rather than bring people back in. So I said, like, well, if you're going to start charging people $9 a month to just go to the movies, how about you throw in, you know, free popcorn or free soda or something like that, an incentive for people to come more to the movie theater and it became like this big thing on our local like facebook pages like the local kalinga central valley california pages <laughs> and people got kind of upset at me oh. <laughs> for talking like there was people who were against the movie theater and people who were for the movie theater and the people who were for the movie theater even like got really mad at me for even questioning their business practices and then like two weeks later after the the initial podcast was released they started giving people free popcorn and a candy with their membership. Nice. See, so you affected some positive change. I, at least I hope so, but I never went back to that movie theater because I was always afraid that the owner was going to come up to me and say something because he knows who I am. Right. <laughs> well, to be honest, just between you and me, I heard that they pee in the soda. Oh, God. I, I would not be surprised. <laughs> Well, that's cool. So then when did you start making SynthZone? Technically, I came up with the idea for SynthZone in 2012, but I didn't really start making the actual physical podcast until 2016. That's how SynthZone started. And SynthZone was kind of like an idea that I had. Um, and I was like, oh man, it'd be so cool if I did a show based on this music genre. But at the time, there wasn't a lot of um, synthwave artists. So I just kind of kept this idea in the back burner for years until I decided to retire my first podcast and then started focusing on SinZone. So why did, why did you retire the other one? It was just me and a group of friends that just got together for a while and, and we used to like spend one full day just doing the show. Life goes on, we all get jobs, we all get relationships, and we weren't able to make time to do this podcast with me and my friends, and so that's why I decided to retire it. So what you're saying, they, they all got a bunch of girlfriends that were like ball and chains that dragged them down and didn't let them come out and have fun anymore. Is that what's going on? Uh, pretty much, but we also had <laughs> girls on, on my podcast, too, so they all, has, all had boyfriends, too, so it was just like... Oh, then there's all those boys who are all like jealous, like, well, you're going to go record with those guys again, and then they all get all like upset they think they're all having an affair that's the way guys work they just think it's a, just a massive podcast orgy yeah yeah that's yeah. all they thought about <laughs> oh man just a podcast orgy complaining about the local uh, fucking movie theater yeah exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it was about and man it was fun for a while man but i i unfortunately just had to retire it man because it wasn't just them but i went and got a job at an actual radio station so that's also took a lot of my time well look how about this i, I asked you to pick a few songs to play so i want you to play me a song all right um one song in particular is done by a good friend of mine his name is michael weber and the song I choose was called Weathered Roses.
and that was Withered Roses by Michael Weber, and that was Ray's pick. Because, of course, I'm chatting with Ray Garcia right now, the host of Synth Zone. Hello. So you work at a radio station now, right? Yes, I do. So what's that like, working in real radio? I mean, it's fun. I've been there for six years, I think. I've been working at this particular radio station. I work for a company called Momentum Broadcasting out of Visalia, California. It's been a fun, fun job so far. So what is your function there? I am the promotions assistant, so my job is basically to promote promote anything to do with the radio station and their clients. Then do you ever like sneak in and talk to the boss and be like, you know, I could host this thing on this radio. Do you ever do that? Bro, it's been a constant battle between <laughs> me and my bosses about this. Because they've always told me that they've been trying to get me on for years and it just never happens. And the only thing close is in like if I have a friends who are like hosting a show, I just happen to be there. I just hop on their microphone while they're there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just try to get my time in. When you say just happen to be there. Is this always like things where you actually happen to be there or where you sort of wait around until the show starts and then you like kick in the door and like, oh, are you guys recording? Oh, shit. Guess I better pull up a seat. Both. Yeah, <laughs> I've done both. I just had there's been times where I just happen to be there and I had like co-workers who just happen to be live at the time. I would just go in there and just chill in the studio with them and just have full blown conversations on air or I'll just like be coming back from an event or something and they someone just happens to be there i just like sneak in try to get my way on air and it's happened a few times and i've recorded it the times where i have been on air and i just catch myself like oh yeah i don't think my bosses would appreciate me being on here right now right well this is like your demo reel though then when you uh get a professional radio show and you be like here's my awesome appearances and it's like you in the background like kicking the door in on somebody else's show and yeah my air checks is mostly me just interrupting someone else's broadcast you need <laughs> you need to <laughs> you need a little like sound recorder that has like a theme song on it and so you basically like interrupt somebody else's show as if you have like a recurring segment yeah it's like just a common occurrence is every freaking time I'm like yeah yeah it's just it's ray it's ray and this has got this song and like we're like who the hell is this guy <laughs> i would never be able to do that because i swear too much in my real life that like i can't shut it off it's so hard because when i'm talking to my coworkers or to my friends i curse like a fucking sailor man and it's, it always happens but when i'm like in a professional studio or if i'm like out and about like in my like radio get up i always have to turn on the good boy ray <laughs> good boy ray <laughs> <laughs> oh man so explain your actual job then well technically like i'm also like a remote technician so it's basically if you ever like go like around the cities and you see like a pop-up tent where like you see the djs out there like giving out prizes and like playing music and stuff like that my job is basically to set all that up and then also help other djs broadcast live from locations so then are you like driving a van yes i drive station vehicles i also like the guy who holds all the prizes to mostly all the tickets to all the crazy shows i do basically everything and that's the one thing about my job in particular that i like is that i'm always doing something different it's never just me sitting at a desk putting up a facebook posts and stuff like that that's also a part of the job but i'm not always doing that so then when you when you're done this you can like uh, run your own radio station basically it kind of gives you a little heads-on training on what actually goes on 
in like the underskirts of a radio station. <laughs> you understand how the business works, how the music categories work, how all the equipment works, how to do sound production, how to do live events, how to do concerts. It, it kind of gets into the gist of everything. And that's why I really enjoy it. The radio station that I work for is very small. It's probably like 20 something employees. And so everybody has multiple roles and i think that's what makes it a little bit more fun for the size of the station you work in because i don't really know too much about like you know physical radio stations which is really weird like because you run a very popular podcast you don't know anything about radio (laughs) not really when you have a small station like yours with that amount of employees do they put out like 24 7 content directly from that station or is there a lot of like syndicated stuff it's a little bit of both. The company that I work for runs four radio stations and they all have at least one syndication show. So yeah, there is at least one national DJ that we pay to get syndicated into our stations and then also have our local guys, our local DJs who run their own shows, which I won't say a show, but it's mostly like their time slot broadcasting. Most of them are local people that I know personally here And there's some syndicated people that I also know also, but it's just mostly local people that just come in and do their hourly play, you know, say whatever they want on air, play the music and then just clock out. So is there such thing as like different levels of syndication, like a syndication that's a California radio guy, but that is pretty much just for all of California? There could be. Yeah. um, Some syndication shows could even like get into just certain states. There was a guy in particular that I knew who only syndicated on the West Coast, all the way from Seattle, all the way down to San Diego. Right. Most of the time, if you're syndicated, you have to kind of know the audience of where the show is being broadcasted from. So even though that you're from Seattle, you need to know a thing or two about Los Angeles if your show is broadcasted there. Right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Whenever I think of syndication, I just think of like the big things, you know, where like a Howard Stern or something. But I guess they're on satellite now anyways, right? But- yeah, satellite is a completely different ball game, man. They they are FCC free, so they can get away with almost anything they want on satellite radio. That fucking FCC. <laughs> I swear, man. And then like, I think one swear word is like 50 Fifteen thousand dollars or something like that, or five thousand dollars, yeah, something like that. Do you? Okay, here's a question for you. Do you give out like a performer's voice, like or a broadcaster's voice when you talk? I like doing fun radio voice uh-huh. in real life. Like I use a Shure microphone. I amplify some of the frequencies, so my voice isn't this bassy in real life, right? You know, but we, you know, when, when we throw to a song, I'll be like, and that was such and such. The f-, you know, like I like doing that voice because it's fun for me. Uh-huh. But I don't put on a character. If you meet me in person and we are having a beer, I talk the same way. Yeah. So. So when I do for Sin Zone, I play a character when I do Sin Zone. I go by Razor, your host with the most Razor, a.k.a. Mr. Blast from the past. And people legit sometimes think I'm like this person all the time. And to me, it's almost like um, you guys know I'm I'm just playing a character when I'm doing this show, right? I'm not actually a time traveler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the only real act is like my real name isn't Andy. Like my real name is actually Squirts Fizzlebottom. <laughs> but I was told that that name isn't cool or whatever. So I'm like, all right, well. Uh, hey, wait, look, how about this? Fucking Razor, why don't you uh, play me another track? Okay, man. One song is also done from one of my homeboys, a uh, guy named Tokyo Rose and his boy Alex with Mean Streets.
right, and that was Mean Streets by Alex and Tokyo Rose. Ray's uh, second pick here, and of course I'm chatting with Ray Razor from uh, the Synth Zone podcast. Yes, sir. So how does your show work then, like as far as uh, recording and stuff? Do you have like a cool setup in your place, or do you hide under a blanket? Over the years, I've acquired equipment hmm. for um, doing shows and podcasts and recording stuff. <laughs> Are we doing acquired in quotes because of the... Yeah, I <laughs> I acquired these items. Mm. So I do have a pretty basic setup, just like one Yeti microphone, two cameras in here. But I think the most expensive thing I have in here is probably just my computer. I spent like $1,600 on it. And this is very recent. <laughs> Like, let's just talk straight business. I want to see the ledgers. I want to see your taxes. <laughs> so when it comes to the whole recording process, I like to record things fast. So I needed like a really fast computer to make sure that I can do things quick and just throw it out there. And then what I do is I just go through, scrub all the music that I enjoy and I feel like other listeners would enjoy. And then I sit down and I record about three segments. I do an entire script. I script the entire thing and I just kill three segments in one go and then just put it all together, man, in post. Yeah, I like your method. Just get in and get out. Leaves more time for playing games. What are you playing now? Uh, Right now I'm still playing Rage 2 and it's a, it's a fucking fun game like I've gotten to this point you know by playing games for so long that I I know the exact specifications of the things I like in games you know because I'm like very particular and it's uh it's taken years because like like I'm 39 now are you really 39 yeah bro you don't look like you're 39 bro I, I this entire time I thought you were like in your early 30s but then again I, I guess that kind of explains the gray hair you got going on <laughs> or is that dyed <laughs> You know, it's great. I thought that was just your look. I thought that was just your general look. You know, I'm going to spice things up. I'm just going to put a little gray patch right here and no, just no, you know, go with it. So natural. So I, I do like kind of fast arcadey type action. I like, especially if you're playing a first person shooter, I like when you can have all the guns. Yeah. I never got into that whole fucking carrying two guns thing. Right. Where it's like you got to fucking keep dropping weapons to pick up new ones. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I want all of them. <laughs> I want all of them in a wheel and I want to be able to choose. Completely Grand Theft Auto style. Just have like the rocket launcher just come out of your ass real yes, quick. Yes. That's, I just like that so much more. And I like open world games where, you know, you have a lot to do click on the map and go to a place and there's just a bandits to shoot at you know like i like that mm-hmm. and so rage 2 i'm really enjoying because it's also like super colorful and the shooting satisfying because whenever you shoot people they blow up and stuff and i think recently during this whole pandemic thing i found i like i i regained my love for video games because maybe for like a good seven years i was not playing any video games at all for a good seven years in my childhood i had every video game system up to like playstation 3 and then after that i just kind of like jumped off the bandwagon and during this whole pandemic thing a few of my friends were getting online and like yeah ray you know we should try some of these new games and so i was just like well i have this fucking computer i can just start downloading games on this thing and then and then i started recently just doing twitch streaming which has been fun also like i always have this desire to be entertaining in some way Mm -hmm. and i can't play games and be entertaining at the same time like i've tried to do that on twitch right and i get distracted because like i could 
just go on Twitch and play and then like not address people or talk to the audience or whatever. Especially if it's like an immersive game, huh? Like if the game is supposed to be immersive, you just want to focus on the screen rather than looking at a chat box. Oh no, exactly. And I just feel bad because I feel like, well, if I'm on Twitch and it's me, like I got to be funny or do something and then I can't pay attention to the game and I can't pay attention to the story and I'm I'm getting to the point now where my brain where like I really do need to focus in those early parts of a game just to remember what the fucking buttons are. Right. So like when I'm when there's people watching and then I'm sitting there and I feel bad that I'm like, am I going to the pause menu now to like reread what the fucking controls are because I'm not paying attention and so I, like I actually can't do it. That's how I am right now with Cyberpunk. If I'm playing Cyberpunk 2077 and I like leave for like a day, I have to like relearn how to do every control function and then also it's like an. RPG, so I, I'm not a good RPG player when it comes to role playing or anything. Like I suck at it. Like I had to remember that this is not like Grand Theft Auto where I could just run and gun everything. No, I actually have to be strategic. I have to talk to people. I'm like I have to talk to an NPC about this and go get this particular gun to kill this one guy. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like one of those things where I'm just like, man, I just can't do this. And then my buddy got me into like Call of Duty Warzone. And so I've just been glued on that because it's just running gun and trying to survive. And and to me, it's a little bit more fun and relaxing to do that. Yeah. For my personal tastes, I like when games have all the trappings of like an open world RPG. Mm -hmm. But I like then when the gameplay is just simple action. Right. When I think about like playing Rage, for example, it's like it's open world. And yeah, there's some story and there's characters to talk to. But the actual gameplay is less about the skill trees and all this and mostly just about running around shooting and force pushing people off cliffs and stuff. (laughs) That being said, I will play Cyberpunk, but again, like, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to get it next year or maybe at the end of this year. When the patch comes out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll get it on PS5 or Xbox. Like, I mean, I just read a news story today. They just announced, like, more patches and stuff. So, I mean, there's no way the game will be worse by the time I get around to it. I really think it just depends on what kind of system you're on. If you're, like, on a cheap PC or on, like, the last-gen consoles, yeah, it... The game's gonna be shit. And I had friends who, like, told me that they were playing it, like, on a PS4, and they were like, oh, yeah, this game is unplayable. And I I felt so bad because I was playing on my PC, and it runs fantastic. I mean, very minimal glitches. They're definitely noticeable, but it's very minimal and not, like, game crashing to me, and that's how I get so immersed with the game. I was playing it on stream, and I did exactly what you said. Like, I was paying so much attention to the game. I wasn't even paying attention to, like, the chat box or what was going on and I found out like my stream was lagging and I had no idea. (laughs) That's why I wish I just had like uh, helpers. You know, that's why I'm so envious of when I watch like other people's shows or whatever when they've got like a person who's running it for them. Yeah, like a producer like behind the scenes on the computer. Yeah, man. That's the dream. Hey, man, if I'm ever in Toronto, man, would you hire me to be your producer? (laughs) I'll take that job. Actually, that would be pretty handy. The point is this. I want you to pick another song to play. All right. So this one's also done by another friend of mine out of Portland, Oregon, um, a guy named Dream Reaper. Here is Gunslinger, man. (laughs) I like the Gunslinger, man.
right, and that was Gunslinger by Dream Reaper. Ray's third pick. Who's Ray? Well, it's Ray, the host of Synth Zone. What up? And uh, we've just been chatting about video games and radio and life and me possibly getting a job at his place. I'm going to yeah. be sleeping on his couch. <laughs> Fuck, I sleep on my couch. <laughs> now my daughter's at that age where she always wants to climb into our bed at night, which means I just basically don't sleep at all and just get constantly kicked in the neck and balls. And so I basically just, <laughs> I'm like, fuck this. Like, there's this point where I just don't even care anymore. Like, the second I see her, like, at nighttime, like, kind of, like, walk into the room, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> How is everything with the pandemic with you, man? How are you handling it up, on, up in Toronto during this whole isolation thing, man? Okay, I do, I miss hanging out with my friends. Like, I have not hung out with any, you know, mm-hmm. synthwave pals in, in a year, so I do miss that. Everything I do is inside anyways, uh-huh. right? All my hobbies involve me staring at computer screens or TV screens, and I do have a family. I got a wife and some kids, so, like, I don't feel alone mm-hmm. because I don't really feel that sense of alone is aloneness a word mm-hmm. aloneness I'm assuming you're more of an introverted person than kind of like me yeah like I like being social with people but I like it on my own terms exactly <laughs> yeah exactly like like me man I I felt that one that's the best way to put it because it's like I do enjoy going to parties and hang out with people what about shows man what about like uh, the recent synthwave shows and all that stuff I mean would you go Go to the the synthwave shows like with your with your wife. No, no, I go by myself. Like that's like my thing, you know. Like when my wife, uh, if she wants to go out with her friends and go watch movies, I'm not like I come. Like gotcha, you know, that's her thing. And like when I do my synthwave stuff, that's my thing. And the nice thing is, like, I just kind of leave when I want to leave, and just knowing that I can mm. allows me to just have like a much more enjoyable evening. So I go to Tilt as the arcade bar in Toronto, which will hopefully still be open. See a bunch of people, synthwave people come out, and uh, we have a good time. And then I go home and I'm like, yeah, like I had a good time. You're like, I'm done for the year. I'm done. Yeah. It's like, it's nice. Like I I feel like a sense of like, I did a thing. (laughs) So it, it hasn't damaged my psyche too much really right and i've kept busy by doing the show and in a way recording these episodes is like kind of a social thing right i don't even like to call them interviews because they're more like chats and it's like phone calls and like checking up on people it's it's a way i sort of yeah exercise my social needs because i do enjoy talking on the phone quite a bit i i hate to say that but that's kind of like an old person thing oh, where yeah, like we feel is. comfortable talking on the phone and i think that's something that i just don't understand is like i prefer talking on the phone rather than just texting people people text me all the time and i hate it <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Like, just call me. Yeah, I don't like texting itself. Yeah. Like, I don't like typing on the stupid phone and the touchscreen and stuff. To me, it's so much easier to just talk, but then when I talk to people, I talk for too long. Because uh, I, I know, like, there's times where if I had a friend who I talk to on the phone all the time, I'm sure there's times where they see the phone, they see my name on the phone, and it's like, they have to decide now. Do they want to have a one-hour conversation? Because if they pick up the phone, they're going to. <laughs> right, they're, or they're going to instantly regret it. As yeah, soon as yeah, answer yeah. It. It's not like we don't have a good time, it's just that whenever I talk on the phone with friends, it's never like a three-minute chat. Right. Yeah, I've been very fortunate because I feel like a lot of my friends um, and like coworkers and other acquaintances that I've known, they all had like some kind of social issue. And I'm like the only one who like felt like, ah, I'm fine because I'm such like an introverted person. And I think it's a very common misconception too with about people in radio is like people assume that you're such a outgoing, sociable person. But no, the majority of people who work in radio are very introverted and wanted a career where they can just stay in a glass box and yeah. talk on the <laughs> microphone. Like, I'm I'm dead serious. Like, people, like, think, like, 
he must be such an outgoing social person if he's on the radio. I'm all, no, I'm trying to get away from all of you guys. I'd rather be in my little box and just hide from the world and just talk <laughs> on a microphone. That's a good point. That's how I just feel about it. And I've, I've been very fortunate because I have a friend who lives out in London who I talked on the phone basically every day. Like as soon as I get off of this conversation, I'm going to call this person like as soon as I'm done. And I've just been same thing with the hobby, the hobby with Sinzone. Luckily, still working for the radio station because, you know, a lot of people weren't very fortunate, you know, and got the boot when the pandemic happened. Especially a lot of my friends who work in radio, you know, now they're, you know, they don't have a job right now and living off unemployment. I've been very fortunate. So that's why I've just been grateful for all the stuff that's been going on. And, you know, I'm also glad that you've been handling the pandemic pretty well also. At first it was a little weird, but it was more about the uncertainty than anything. Uh-huh. And then once I got into the groove of, okay, like this is what this is then that's what changed. Yeah, this is the normality. Because, you know, like at the beginning of everything, when there's some uncertainty, you don't know, like, well, are we all going to die? You know what I mean? Like, it can be a little stressful. <laughs> I just got, like, my first dose, like, last week or two weeks ago, and I'm getting my second dose of the Pfizer vaccine, like, next Thursday, I think. And uh, I'm already, like, gaining an ego that I could take on the world now. <laughs> Like it turns me into Superman or something. Like fuck out of my way. I'm. I got the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> and then just a car just runs you over. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no vaccine for that. Like I've just been so hopeful for this whole vaccine. Like as soon as like my work said I, I was able to get it. Like I made an appointment for the next day just so I could travel again. Man, I think that's the other thing that I missed during the pandemic was traveling a lot. Yeah. And I know like the first thing as soon as the border restrictions open up, I I know I'm gonna be hitting out into the UK, man, because I. I feel like I need to get out of the out of the states for a bit. The entire year of 2020 was booked with shows. Like I think every month I had at least two shows a month like all through 2020. Yeah. And then like right when I think it was like March 14th was when the NBA shut down. Once that shut down, I was just like, okay, this is legit. Everything's going to get canceled now. My only concern is I feel like I'm going to be a little hesitant about yeah. these sort of gatherings. And that's going to be the weird thing because I feel like once things go to some kind of normalcy and like people are protected or whatever, then I'm still going to feel a little weird about like being in a crowded bar, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I don't know how comfortable I'm going to be with that. Same. Yeah, but whatever. We'll see. I mean, I never really liked crowded bars anyways. So that's another thing. I'm not a bar type either, but I, I do like missing like I miss going to the concerts. Yes, like concerts yes. in general is what I miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Christ. I mean, I just think back to like Outland and how packed it was here and what my brain would do if I was in that situation now. Right. Walking into a place where there's like fucking like it's at capacity and it's like so hot and you're just surrounded by people on all sides. Like, I mean, I'm hoping I handle it well. <laughs> I'm just picturing myself just having a panic attack and just like too many people and then fucking run away i actually have tickets for a show that is supposed to go on at the end of july but i don't know if it's gonna happen it's called heart fest and it's out of san bernardino i don't know if it's gonna go down or if i'm gonna feel comfortable even going like as of right now it hasn't been canceled and i'm just a little bit hesitant on going but I do have like two VIP passes and everything. And I'm just like, do I want to go? Cause I spent so much money at this fucking place. Like, I don't know if I can go. <laughs> these are, these are the problems we're going to have. Uh, First world problems. Yeah. Well, they're problems. <laughs> it's okay. to complain about problems. It's healthy, right? I guess so for our mental health. Isn't that what we'd be doing if we had like psychiatrists and stuff? I've never been to one. So I have, I've been to a therapist. They told me I'm all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're allowed to trade in your therapist if they say things like that to you. (laughs) Well, it's like the hard truth you have to swallow. Mm. It's like, 
okay, I, I know this, but how do I get better? <laughs> I just like the idea of this therapist that's just like, well, uh, Ray, uh, you're fucked up. <laughs> that's, that's your problem. <laughs> okay, but how do I fix that? Do I need to take a pill or something? Like, well, what can I do to fix this? <laughs> you need a dog, Ray. Oh, fuck. And then the dog tells me I'm fucked up. Like, it learns to talk just to tell me that I'm fucked up. <laughs> I like this whole fantasy situation. It's fun. <laughs> Anyways, man, look, where where should people go, man? Where should they, they go to check out the Synth Zone? Uh, my podcast is available pretty much everywhere. They just have to type in Synth Zone. I'm also available on SynthZone.net, so they can go and check that out. All the podcasts is there on Mixcloud, Podacity, uh, Podbean, any type of podcasting platform, you can pretty much find me anywhere. Just type in Sinzone and you'll find me. Just Google my name. Google Sinzone and Ray. You'll find me immediately. Trust me. All right, man. Well, look, listen, it was fun to chat with you. You too, man. I'm glad that we can catch up, man. We got to talk again soon, man. Yeah, man. Well, uh, that was a lot of mans. Just realized. <laughs> that's, like- that's my California talk, man. That's just how I am. <laughs> All right, take care, dude. Will do. You too, man. I love hearing your show every week, man. Or whenever you post, because I know you go on vacation sometimes. Hey, man, I never sleep. (laughs) Quit spreading rumors, all right? For the last time, I do not pee in the soda, all right? (laughs) Sick of this. Later, man. All right, and that was my chat with Ray Garcia from Synth Zone. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We got Martin Larby and Blake Peterson. And with the 2049, don't forget Forged in Neon. She's coming out with a podcast soon as well. Maybe it's even out. I should get my ass in gear here. And of course, in the $20 club, we got Joshua Winter and Chatterack. So how about this? Let's listen to another song, and then we will go chat with somebody else. And that somebody else, of course, will be Electrish from Static Realms. But now let's listen to this. This is a track from the Synth Lord. That's right. It's called I Am Not The One You Want.
And that was I Am Not The One You Want by The Synth Lord from the album The Synth As Soul. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. With the 1986, we got Jizz Whaler in the 1985 club. We got Sarah Buchelman and Rachel Buchelman and Gene Creamer Private Eye with the 1555. You guys are pretty cool. I have a letter here from a new patron in the 666 club. That's right. His name is Boris. Boris. He says, Hey, Andy, greetings from a Russian fan living in New Zealand. Here is why I have joined the Petersons family. I think he means Pattersons, but... <laughs> Unless we're also the Petersons now. Uh, here is why I have joined the Petersons family. I have been discovering new cool tracks every week thanks to your show. I have always been dreaming to hire an assistant who would find the cool stuff for me to check out. My dream finally came true with your show, at least music-wise. My favorite old episode was the Norwegian guy who cut his arm off with a glass door. <laughs> <laughs> Just that sentence is crazy. I felt some kind of induced happiness when he was telling how he had fully recovered, how he wakes up and goes to sleep with a smile on his face, how well he gets along with his kids. Yeah, that's uh, Glenn Main. Glenn Main's a cool guy, man. He messes me from time to time just to say nice things, and uh, you can always go and check out that episode of Beyond Synth with him. That's a good one. And uh, and then Boris says, I wish you're to transform your show into full-blown synth TV talk show. Just make sure to keep unprofessional banter on for me, please. Cheers, Boris. And then it says, P.S. Don't butcher my nickname. Now, it does say Boris on my uh, Patreon, so I don't know if you changed your name to something else, but you did send me an audio sample. Krahabor. Krahabor. <laughs> Krahabor. So is that the nickname you want? <laughs> Krahabor. 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 <laughs> what does this mean, anyways? Scum. <laughs> well, che- <laughs> well, cheers to you, Boris. You're a cool guy, and uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. So how about this? Let's uh, listen to another track, and then we'll go chat with Electrish. So here's one from Lao. And it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $15 Club, we got Prophet of Jupiter and Hampus ML. A special shout-out to Dennis LaFunk. And then there's Luke Jackson. You're all cool. So let's listen to this. This is Lau with True.
And that was True by Lau from the album True. And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 1313 Club. We got Skywolf and Mads Baron Christensen, Retro Serenade with the 12, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Lyalane. And uh, yeah, let's go chat with Elec Trish from Static Realms. All right. Well, I am here right now. Now, should I just call you Electrish for this whole thing? Do you want me to call you your real name or what do you want me to do? I mean, whichever you prefer. Electrish or Trish is fine. Well, which do you prefer? You're the guest. I prefer Electrish. Explain to uh, the audience who Electrish is. So, I am Electrish. I have been this the host of Static Realms Music Hour for eight months now. And I am a synthwave music enthusiast, and also I do dabble in cosplay. So that's me, Electrish. Has it only been eight months? Yeah, but let me tell you, believe me when I tell you, it feels like eight years. Mm. (laughs) I don't believe you. (laughs) I really feel that. I feel like it's been at least a year, but it has only been eight months. That is true. Well, I mean, you have a uh, a good social media presence then, because I'm, I'm really bad at that sort of thing. See, there's certain people who I, I see them and I see what they're doing, and then I guess in my head I'm like, well, they've been doing this for a while. No, we're just really good at faking it. <laughs> hey, man, I wish I had that power. I've been, like, doing this since 2013, and the one thing I, I can never uh, figure out how to do is uh, let people know I'm doing a thing. Well, I like, to, I like to let people know because I feel that the more you tell people, the more inclined to feel bad, and they'll be like, you know, let me just check this out, see what this is all about. And then sometimes they like it, so, you know, that's all I can hope for. Yeah, so wh- why don't you uh, tell people what Static Realms is all about? Yeah, sure. So Static Realms is a retro-based media platform show that we showcase music and artists from all over the world um, in the synthwave community and beyond. That's where I like to dabble in the beyond synth part. Yeah, beyond is great. So you're sort of like a hostess type lady? Kind of like a VJ and um, just kind of present the artists that we have on the show. And then you also do uh, interviews and stuff as well, right? Yeah, we do interviews and um, we just, you know, we like to meet the people that we're fans of. So it's pretty cool. So when you do the interview portions, how are you actually doing them? Because some of them I can tell they look live and then some of them I'm, I'm wondering if some of them are like... Where you you ask the guest questions in advance and sort of spliced it together? Yeah, so what we like to do for Static Realms Music Hour usually is pre-record interviews. So we will ask the artists if they want to be interviewed, send them the questions, and we'll just have them send their pre-recorded responses. And then we edit it into our television to make it look like we're speaking to them live, like Space Ghost style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's how we do those in the show. And then we also do live streams where I interview artists and we're doing that live. So it's a bit of both, but I enjoy both. It's fun to kind of make it creative and put the artists in the TV. That's nice of you to ask the artists if they want to be interviewed, because the way I do my show is more TMZ style, where I just like run up to them and just shove a microphone in their face. <laughs> I love that. I wish I had the balls to do that. <laughs> I don't have balls. <laughs> Not really do I. That was just a joke. I actually just cower in my little office here and cry most of the time. That's my <laughs> schedule. But that's cool. So then, and you have a particular sort of look to the whole thing. So like, yeah, we like to keep it retro, kind of '80s style. Definitely, we're children of the '80s and we're fans of the '80s aesthetic. So we try to keep it in that vibe. But we do branch out and try to do themed shows and. 
you know, we're trying different things. It is a channel sort of in the vein of the early MTV. So we try to keep it creative and keep it fun. Now you keep saying we. Yeah. So Static Realms consists of myself, Electrish, and my leader, fearless leader. He is Eddie Lovecraft. He is the creator of Static Realms. He and I met about a year ago, actually, and... I met him through the cosplay circuit and we connected instantly. We had a lot in common and he had already had the show, but it was sort of on hold. Nothing was happening with the show. So he asked me if I wanted to be the new host and he kind of like showed me what it was all about. And I had already seen the show and I was a fan. So it worked out. It really did. So then he's functioning as like producer then of the thing? Yeah, he is the director, the producer, the editor. And we kind of just both do the social media and we both do the interviews. And, you know, we kind of just work as a team of two, a small but mighty team of two. I'm always envious of people with teams. I mean, a team of two is not a great big team, but it is a team nonetheless. It's, it's a lot bigger know, than one. Yeah, that's true. When I was asked to be the host of Static Realms from Eddie, he and I were we were just kind of like going over some of our ideas that we had for the show. And he's like, well, what do you think about having puppets? And I was like, nobody's going to watch a show with puppets. <laughs> <laughs> but then I saw your show and I felt like an idiot. <laughs> well... Yeah, it's great. <laughs> well, thanks. Like, I mean, I, I've been doing Beyond Synth since like 2013. And even though I love the synth wave aesthetic, yeah. I just get more of a creative charge from doing something like unique and weird. Yeah. So that's why I did the puppets, you know, like <laughs> on my Instagram feed and the music I listen to is full of the synth wave vibe. And so I just needed to do something different and weird. Yeah. If there's one thing that I've learned, the weirder that your, your ideas are, just go with them and it works. There should be no ends to your creativity you should be able to just do what you want to do and i think it works for you i think it works for a lot of people so it's great to be weird yep (laughs) (laughs) that's a good catchphrase to have i like that it's great to be weird because definitely what you guys are doing over there at static realms is definitely something that wasn't being done you know in the scene because i know like it, it definitely stood out to me the second i saw it i'm like okay cool it's cool that someone's doing that yeah that sort of thing and having like the host and it's again it's nice to have like a female host just because like it is sort of a pretty male yeah. dominated scene and like the majority of the synthwave shows are all hosted by i mean i can't help i'm a dude so i gotta <laughs> i gotta be me you know yeah. you know besides you i think you know i know there's a Karen, who hosts uh, yeah, a Synthway podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So that was nice, too, because it really gives it that sort of feel of, like like you say, like that sort of MTV-style kind of show. Yeah, it's great because I've never hosted anything in my life, but and I didn't really understand how it would work at first but then once I started doing it and reaching out to the artists and they were actually messaging me back and talking to me and they were really enthusiastic about it I was just floored I was so excited about it I was like can we do more can we do more so we did they were probably just really excited to talk to a girl yeah maybe that helped <laughs> I think it helped <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding this is bad <laughs> I'm being bad right now um, okay, okay, look, uh, I asked you to pick some songs to play. Yes. So I want, I want you to play me a song. Great. Okay, so first we're going to play The Last Concord and their track, The Flight of the Seagull.
All right, and that was the last Concord with the flight of the seagull. That was Electrish's pick because I am speaking with Electrish right now, the host of Static Realms. Hello, hello. Talk to me about uh, cosplay. So before I was the host of Static Realms, I was a big cosplayer. I still am. And I go to conventions. I make costumes. I dress up as superheroes. I dress up as villains. I dress up as anything and everything that I can because it's so much fun and it makes me feel like I'm a kid again. I think it's the same reason we all love Synthwave takes us back you know talk to me about like actually the making of the costumes i find this fascinating like at one point which is still something i want to do like in the future is i was trying to make like a robot costume because i was going to make like a robot show that would be really cool and again i had no experience really making costumes and stuff and so it was mostly just like hot glue and uh mm-hmm. pvc foam or what, what do you call that foam yeah. that you get at walmart and like you get the packs of four or whatever uh, EVA, you can use eva foam. Eight, that's right that's right yes yes it's really good as a starter to use eva foam because you can really be creative with that stuff and you can paint it and you can warp it with heat and you can make it into your armor what i like to do is a lot of spandex as a base and then on top of that you can add the foam and design your own things you can design armor you can make anything really if you have the patience <laughs> yeah see i had no experience in ever like sewing or making things that were like designed to fit and so like i watched lots of youtube videos of people yeah. building but those help yeah but i, I found uh, like the first round i built this robot costume that essentially like i liked the way it looked but then the second i put it on a friend of mine to be the robot in the video he couldn't move because <laughs> like it wasn't designed <laughs> right. for, you know like the shoulders would like lock up because it wasn't designed right. to be worn properly yeah so i what i've learned from my experience with it is that you should always try to use velcro as much as you can and even magnets are a big help because you can kind of use a magnet to attach foam onto your shoulders if you need armor or something a piece on your shoulders because the magnet will just hold it in place when it's underneath Right. Yeah. Magnets and Velcro. Those are good investments for every cosplayer. When you're getting into cosplay, if you're the type of person that enjoys dressing up in general and you enjoy being sort of that person at the party that's way overdressed, cosplay is a good avenue. I do love the the art of it because there's, again, even just when I dipped my toe in trying to make this robot suit and then I'd realize like, oh, fuck, like there's so much more to this. <laughs> yeah. than... You have pictures of that? I would really love to see. Because it was going to be, I was going to make like a TV show. That was the idea. Yeah, that's cool. I made like one little test scene, which is, I can send you a link. It was on my, my Vimeo. But I, <laughs> I do love uh, cool. seeing cosplay and especially like the work that goes into it. And actually like one of my favorite styles is I like when female cosplayers recontextualize like male costumes yeah, but make yeah. them female. That's what they refer to as gender bend cosplays. Yeah, that's a lot of fun to do. I have done that actually a few times. I did like a cosplay of the crow because who doesn't like the crow mm. randomly, you know? Yeah, classic. I did that for Halloween and then I also did a female daredevil the Marvel character. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was fun. I'd never seen a girl do that, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. Do you also sew? Yes, I do sew. I'm not really great at sewing. It takes a lot of time, but I do I do sew, and I do a lot of painting and things like that. I could be better at sewing, but I'm pretty good at painting. Right, so I'm just, I'm flipping through your Instagram right now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I always feel weird just flipping through like women's Instagrams when it's all like kind of sexy pictures, but uh, they're not 
not all. I mean, it depends how you look at it. <laughs> I'm choosing right now to look at it with my eyes. So there's like a Spider Woman one. Uh-huh. Is that already a thing that you bought? Like, did you make that? It's like a form-fitting bodysuit. Like, how the hell would you? No, no, no. those are uh, printed suits that I that I buy. Sometimes I'll add certain like paint to them or or things like that. You just add little things to them. But yeah, those are all. They're called Zentai suits, and you can purchase them in the print of your favorite superheroes. I love the Spider-Verse especially. Um, I love wearing those suits because they're actually printed from the design in the comic books. So it's really cool. Is this Little Mermaid tail? Like, is that a thing you can just buy? Yeah, so that is, it's a fabric tail that I added sort of like her little fins to. And then at the bottom, I used cardboard and I made it stiff at the bottom. You can't see the, the actual bottom of it. But yeah, I just used cardboard to shape the tail at the bottom. And then I, you know, you just sew it on top the fabric so yeah that's my little mermaid <laughs> this is fun I'm, I'm just gonna scroll through here and just like all right all right we got a lilu here <laughs> yeah yeah so whenever i get a chance i i'll look at all these screen caps of movies of characters that i love and i have like a closet full of wigs and i kind of like just style them into the character's hairstyle and contact lenses and just i enjoy becoming like the character becoming someone else looking like someone else and just kind of like taking crazy pictures as that person <laughs> That's cosplay. Yeah, no, it seems fun. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, it looks like there's like a ton of pictures here. Like, how often are you doing this? I've been doing cosplay for going on like seven years now. And I mean, now I do it religiously. And when I say religiously, um, when I'm not filming for Static Realms, Mm. I'm taking photo shoots in my apartment or I am, you know, I used to go to parking garages with friends and we would just do like these like guerrilla style photo shoots and... You know, I have a few photographers in Orlando that I like to drive to and, you know, we'll make a weekend out of it and just shoot like all the things that we can within those two days. So, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. It's a lot of work, but I guess it just doesn't feel like it when you're having a good experience when you're when you're having fun with it. So I do it a lot. (laughs) When you have uh, like photographers like helping you out, like are they doing like post-production to the pictures and stuff or do you do that stuff as well? I do it as well. But um, when I work with certain photographers, they do that as well. They do like the editing to look like the superhero heroes if there's like an explosion behind me or something like that yeah <laughs> it's all part of it is like taking the, the costume and then going to do the shoots and everything it feels like you're making a movie sometimes and it's a lot of fun well this is the thing i've always been saying like when i was trying to do my robot show and i was making this costume and the thing that pissed me off <laughs> i would look at these videos of comic-con uh-huh. and see the work sometimes the the very technical work that would be going into like this armor you know like there's that dude yeah, it's insane there's that one guy who made like Hulkbuster armor yeah, and he's on stilts and it bugs me because when I'm watching the new movies they still feel very computer generated to me Yeah, it feels like you're watching a cartoon and it bothers me that there's these nerds that are literally making these elaborate costumes I agree it's incredible to see them and they're sometimes better quality than the actual movie characters that we've seen well also the fact that they're real and that they're not being used for some sort of production like I understand that the Hulkbuster armor that guy made you couldn't have like a super dynamic fight scene with it but yeah. you could have it in shots and it, and you wouldn't need a special effect exactly for the scenes where Hulkbuster is just sort of standing around like looking at stuff and maybe doing a bit of walking or whatever and then yeah maybe you switch yeah. back to CGI for the part where he 
rockets into the sky and gets punched by Hulk or something. But like, <laughs> to me, it seems like there's so much of this work that's basically just done to like, wow, a bunch of people at Comic-Con. And I think the work is so good that like, or, or when you just see really great cosplay mm-hmm. and you go, why don't the heroes look like this in the fucking movie? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that it's just because of technology and what they're going for now is a more, you know, CGI presentation of a character rather than, like you said, the more realistic kind of thing that you see with cosplayers that are so, so skilled and they make these incredible cosplays. I I agree with you 100%. They could actually just do like fan films and people would probably pay to see them. Obviously, I'm sure they would be like horribly acted, but like, (laughs) but the costumes. They look sick. Yeah, because it it frustrates me, especially like in the Spider-Man, like in the last few Spider-Man movies. Oh, yeah. He looks like a cartoon and he's not even do like he'll just be standing there and he's CGI. Yeah. It's just really distracting. Although I do feel like Spider-Man is the trickiest one because of the wrinkles in the suit. Because if you watch like the Sam Raimi films, it's very perfect. The suit's very immaculate. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of tricks going on to make it look that way. Yeah, they they used a lot of tricks. But I have to say in those movies, those were the first time... That was the first... Sorry, that's my cat. Nice. (laughs) In those films, you really saw the work and the effort that they put into it because they didn't have the CGI ability to you know make things look the way that they look now and it was just so incredible to see that yes i love those movies the sam raimi ones are better than the new ones i think but yeah also too there's a lot of tricks so it's like whenever he has the mask on Mm -hmm. it's actually like a solid mask so that it never creases because every time Mm -hmm. he goes to pull it off they sort of make a cut they have one for him to you know act like he's pulling it off yeah 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 yeah. there's a few times where they actually blend the edit with like there's like cgi to like blend between when he's wearing like the solid mask versus when he does the one where he pulls off his face yeah (laughs) and it's really like it's it's really neat like it's it's cool stuff it is but enough about spider-man and cosplay i want you to uh, play me another song (laughs) no that's okay like i said we could we can talk about cosplay and nerd stuff all day but anyway let's play bunny x with celerect la dreams and their new track can't wait
All right, and that was Can't Wait by Bunny X and Celerect LA Dreams. That was Electrish's second pick because I'm chatting right now with Electrish from Static Realms. We're talking about cosplay. Hey, yay, cosplay. See, it seems like a fun hobby to have. It's a very fun hobby to have. Since the pandemic and since I've been spending so much more time at home, I've been able to work on more cosplays that I kind of put away and wasn't able to finish or work on. And I love like playing Spotify and just playing like all these these bands that I've had on the show. And I'm like, while I'm cosplaying and doing shoots, it's great. It all just goes hand in hand for me. <laughs> Your cat's meow is awesome. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. I fed her to kind of prevent this from happening. It's, it like, it's, a, it's a perfect cartoon meow sound. Meow. She's a very vocal cat. <laughs> What's her name? Her name is Glitch. Glitch the cat. That's cool. I don't think I've ever met a Glitch the cat before. She is a black cat and she is 12 years old. I often have to um, get them outside on the porch to kind of avoid them being in the shots for Static Realms. So, <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> I have to do the same thing with my kids since my spaceship set is just my living room. <laughs> I love the spaceship set, by the way. And that's really cool. Do your kids like it? <laughs> They're not really that interested. <laughs> it's here all the time. Yeah, it's just a normal thing. Like, the lights aren't always on. Like, so all, like, the colored lights and stuff, they're activated when I turn on a switch. And then the, the main light, the, my, uh, what the fuck do you call them? The big white light. <laughs> Why am I forgetting the this? stage light. I went to school for this. The softbox. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> hey, whatever. My brain is old and stupid. I have a question. Sure. I always see people talk about OnlyFans, and it's always like sort of a punchline. Uh-huh. Is OnlyFans always adult stuff, or can it just be like racy? Like, what? what is OnlyFans exactly? I like this question, and I like when people ask me this question. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm being serious. So OnlyFans is it's a place for content creators who want to put something on their site that they can't put on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere else. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's always porn or nudity. It can be sexy, burlesque style, pinup sort of things which is what I post on my OnlyFans. But um, yeah, it's just somewhere that I can, you know, do photo shoots and post the shoots that I do there. And so my fans can subscribe and see those um, every Friday, actually, I post a set. You can do video, you can do whatever you want, you know. It doesn't have to be, you're not limited on OnlyFans. You can do whatever you want, basically. Anytime anyone ever brings up OnlyFans, it's always a joke. Like, oh, you can check that out on my OnlyFans. <laughs> the joke being that if you go there, it's naked pictures. Like, that's... Right, right. I know. I totally get that. Okay. Um, it's sort of, you know, it started with Patreon, I think. But Patreon has become more of a platform for other things, too, for artists and, and things like that. But OnlyFans got spearheaded with 2020 when everyone just was, like, out of work. And, you know, I guess more people were creating OnlyFans pages and posting naughty content but you know like i said you can it's all personal to whoever whoever has the page so you can really just do whatever you want okay mine is just the photos that you see there the video that you see there you can only see there i don't repost anything anywhere else it's just for my fans i guess then why do it there as opposed to something like patreon like why'd you choose that instead so i i actually had a patreon for a little while and it just got so confusing to me 
it's much easier, I find, on OnlyFans. You can choose what you want to post. You can schedule it. You can tell people, you know, exactly what it is. And it's very, very easy to use. So for me, it was just easier to use than Patreon. And I love the fact that I can schedule posts because, let's face it, whatever you can make easier, I'm all about it. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. My cat, too. My cat agrees. She knows. Wait, so there's Glitch. Where's the other one? My other cat is sleeping on my bed right now. And his name is Tolkien, like the author. Now, you are a big nerd. I am. <laughs> Get off my show. <laughs> Do I belong here? <laughs> Fucking nerds. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> nerds. You said you did a, a crow one, but I don't see it. I didn't see it on your Instagram. You have to go way back. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was Halloween. Um, not this past Halloween, but the year before. I just did like a dark wig and, you know, the, the same outfit that he wears, but, you know, it was me instead of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, my friend has the, almost the same exact guitar that he has in the movie. So I borrowed the guitar for the shoot. I don't play guitar. I just like to hold hold them and look cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that with cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing cooler than smoking is what I tell people. And so I just stand around. <laughs> Whenever I've even pretended to hold a cigarette, when if I'm with one of my friends that smokes, like they just instantly make fun of me. Like there's just something about the way I sort of daintily hold the thing where I think I'm being cool. And they're just like, yeah. I can totally tell you don't smoke by the way you hold that thing. I'm like, all right. So I have some prop cigarettes myself for certain cosplays. And uh, yeah, they're really funny because, you know, you can digitally put the little smoke in the in the picture afterwards oh, yeah. post <laughs> to make it look like you're an actual cool smoker when yeah. really, they disgust you and you're yeah. never going to touch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the point is, if anyone takes any lesson from this uh, section here, it's that smoking is cool. <laughs> Man, I haven't watched The Crow in a while. That was like one of my favorite films in high school and I used to watch it all the time and I have not yeah. watched it in a long time. Give it a go if you have time. I've got it, it like memorized. Like I watched it so much, like we used to quote like the bad guys all the time yeah love it just because they have such great fucking quotes <laughs> holy smoke fucking skank yeah skank is so funny hey skank that skank right there skank's <laughs> dead that's right <laughs> fucking fire it up fire it up <laughs> just run up to people fire it up <laughs> The last time I watched it, I always knew, obviously, even you know, even when we were young and the movie came out, we always knew that, you know, they finished the film trying to use all the footage they could and they had a stand in yeah. for Brandon Lee. And what I found crazy was the last time I watched it, I think that was the first time I had watched my Blu-ray. Like I bought the Blu-ray and didn't put it in the machine for mm-hmm. like four years or something. <laughs> and when I was younger, I never noticed how little Brandon Lee is in that film. Yeah. It's crazy because as a it kid, is crazy. there's so many parts where you're like, oh, this is why, he, like, you know, when when uh, Ernie Hudson picks him up and rescues him yeah. and he doesn't say anything, like, it just keeps yeah. on cutting back to Ernie Hudson making jokes. And yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> he only shot like maybe 30 or maybe 40 percent of the scenes. Yeah, it's really well done, though. They really made it believable. There's one effect that falls apart and it's only when I saw it in high definition uh-huh. is the scene where, I mean the best scene I love the scene where it plays the fucking Cure song and he's putting the makeup on. Yeah. Which is not him, you know, which is all a stand-in, yeah. even though that's like my one of my favorite bits. But then he stands in the window and then like lightning strikes. Oh, I love that scene. And then the, the yeah, he's like, he's just looking so intense. I love that. Yeah, it's an awesome shot, but it's like, uh, it's just a still image of his face that just flickers yeah. when the lightning strikes. Yeah. Like, I never caught that when I was young. Again, it's one of those things, I always love the creativity of how people have to work around, you know, work with what you have sort of thing. Definitely. Which is why CGI doesn't interest me, because it's sort of like a cheap, it's not a cheap, I mean, it's not cheap, obviously, it's millions of dollars, but it's like, 
it's kind of a cop out a creative cop out exactly because like if they had done that now and the actor was dead and they would just be like well we'll just cgi him into shots where we'll just make a 3d version of him whereas like yeah here's all these weird tricks they had to employ and then filming with a stand-in and doing all these other things to to finish the film i agree i i think a lot of my favorite films are like the jim henson movies like the labyrinth and you know the dark crystal where they created these entire worlds with animatronics and the actors were like interacting with the animatronic you know puppets and things it was just so amazing i think there's something really special about that time when films were being made like that you know because they created entire worlds in themselves which is really cool yes there's just way more life to those puppets even if they even if they don't move quite as smoothly as like some of the cgi characters like just the fact that they're there is like it's so much better yeah but look i'll tell you what else I was, I was gonna say i'll tell you what else is better uh play me another song <laughs> sure okay so the next track that we are going to play is by all the damn vampires this is a track called johnny's revenge
And that was Johnny's Revenge by All the Damn Vampires. And that was another pick from Electrish, the host of Static Realms, that I'm chatting with right now yeah. about The Crow. <laughs> there was a point in time where I was literally quoting The Crow, like, nonstop. It's a very quotable movie. It's weird how likable the bad guys are. When I think about the film, like, oh, like, the bad guys are kind of funny, and what they do at the start of the film is really bad. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? But as a kid, we used to love the bad guys. Like, we were always laughing at them. Like, they just... Yeah. They all have such... They're all such defined, funny characters. Absolutely. But it's hard when you really think about the movie and, like, how awful, like, the opening bit is. Yeah. That's the only thing. But again, like, they're such funny characters. The lovable bad guys. Well, they are, man. Fucking... They are. They're very entertaining. <laughs> I, I love the bad guys in the crowd. It's so great. <laughs> it's a squawk. That whole movie is like, oh, all of it, man. It's fucking so good. Anyway. Yeah, really good. Really good. Great soundtrack. Oh, yes. Yeah, we used to... <laughs> When I used to play Goldeneye with my friends, we would we had a few CDs. Yeah. They were all movie soundtracks that we listened to while we played. And it was it was The Crow, The Natural Born Killers soundtrack. Nice. And what the fuck else? Oh, Lost Highway. Oh, another good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the ones that sort of had some Trent Reznor connection because like... Yeah, like aggressive, like alternative industrial feel. Yeah, so that was what we would listen to. So those soundtracks are like a big part of my uh, life in 1997 and <laughs> 98, and whatever the hell. Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> those were good times though, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because I was in high school. So it's I, funny how we can still remember those times and what we were listening to and all that, you know? I think that's when your uh, brain forms its uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend I said something smart. I remember reading some articles about this, about um, when nostalgia is formed. Mm -hmm. There's that part when you start making your own decisions about what you like. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you're exposed to a lot of things, but it's like yeah. maybe what your parents were listening to, or if you have older siblings or your friends and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And you still might like that. I mean, there's a lot of music I like that was stuff that my parents were playing. But then there's that point where you start to really figure out what you like, you know, and it, these are your choices. Mm -hmm. And this is a CD like I my, bought my first CD, you know, and like shit like that. Yeah. And that's an important time. And then I think that sort of forms a lot of your tastes going forward. Yeah, I agree. I think it's sad now that, you know, kids won't be able to really go into a record store and, you know, find music. When I first discovered music, I would I remember going into record stores with, with my dad, who is a musician, thankfully. But um, yeah, I remember, you know, the first time I ever bought an LP and I was like, how does this work? <laughs> how does it play? You know, and like he had to show me how to use the needle and everything. It was so funny. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I used to love going to the record store. Like I grew up in a small town. So like going to the city yeah. and to the record shop was like a special occasion. And like without the Internet to know exactly what you were looking for, it was like finding treasures, you know, like I'm flipping through <laughs> deep purple trying yeah. to get my way to depend mode you know in the cds and like maybe find some weird <laughs> single or b-side i hadn't heard before and like mm -hmm. that was like the fun of it because now i think my son gets his musical taste from fucking memes it's nonsense <laughs> they're like the tiktok nation Ugh. oh fucking tiktok <laughs> make it stop I, I can't handle it my wife um, has a TikTok where she uh, we have like this like stick man light suit thing and she'll like dance around and really well like she had this one video that 
which pisses me off because like I, so I've been doing this thing for like years and years and years okay. and I've got an audience it's small but loyal yeah which is nice and they're they're cool people but like she did this video where she's dancing in a stick man suit to like one of the fucking trendy songs on TikTok and it, I think it's got like a million views now and like wow the company like sends us uh, <laughs> like new glow products like weird masks and things and okay, that's cool <laughs> just on a whim let's just like goes out <laughs> on the porch with this stick man suit and just like did this thing I'm like huh and then it just kept on going but I think the thing was in the first video she posted there was a weird reflection because you know when you shine lights and LED lights directly into the mm-hmm. camera sometimes there's weird effects that will happen yeah and so in the one video it looks like there's a ghost <laughs> The video sort of spread because people were like spreading it around because it looked like there was a ghost in the background. That is so funny. It's just an effect. It's like uh, whatever. This is me trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to debunk my wife's video. <laughs> Technically, from a scientific point of view, it's refraction uh, beyond the lens and blah blah. <laughs> you never know. There could have been yeah. a paranormal spirit in her TikTok video. You know, we will. We may never know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or it wasn't. But, uh, <laughs> or it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what should, people, uh, what should people do, man, if they, if they want to see Static Realms? Okay, so we have a website where we post updates and we post links to all of our videos. And that is www.staticrealms.com. We are also on Twitter at Static Realms. We are on Facebook, Static Realms, and Instagram at Static Realms. And our channel on YouTube is called The Not so serious show which i'm gonna kind of start incorporating cosplay into very soon so look out for that wait a second (laughs) so the show is not static realms it is static realms but the channel was it began as the not so serious show which was a cosplay and like movie related channel that became Static Realms as well. So it has a little bit of everything. Right, okay, okay. Before I met Eddie Lovecraft and like reprised the Static Realms show, he was with another guy named Jim and they were doing cosplay events together and they were filming them together and they're really cool. That's how we met. And uh, since that stopped happening, especially during the last year, um, we decided to really go full force into Static Realms. So that's what we're focusing on now. But I am going to, you know, bring back some of that cosplay aspect into the show soon. I kind of do my own thing with cosplay usually, but now I'm going to kind of bring that into the channel a little bit more outside of Static Realms. Sure. So, yeah, it's going to be cool. Well, it sounds cool to me. (laughs) Thanks. Well, listen, you have a lovely evening. Thank you. Thanks for having me and enjoy your evening as well. All right, and that was my chat with Electrish from Static Realms. That was brought to you by my awesome PayPals, okay? You can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, but there's also some people who donate to the show on PayPal, which you can find the link at beyondsynth.com. There's a PayPal donate button. Uh, There's also a PayPal Me account, which sometimes I post the link to in the show notes. But I would like to thank my awesome PayPals, Yota, Upgrade Jimpy, the king of the PayPals, Austin Whetstone, the Rosconian, Brandon Moore, Ross Bruce Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, Anselmo Incorporated, Russell Nyes, Daniel Williams, Timothy Warwick, Jimmy Green, and Jersey. That, what? What did I just do there? <laughs> that was unnecessary. <laughs> 
Then I'm going to lose some PayPal's. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. And uh, how about this? Let's listen to another track, and then we will go chat with the gentleman from Forever Synth. So here's a cool one from George George. Fuck me. From George Ergum Lids. And uh, this is a guy I'm going to have on the show sometime. The other day I bought his discography, and he makes like uh, cool synth pop music. And there's a few tracks I've heard of his before that I dug. And then uh, I have his discography there, so the songs just keep like popping up on the playlist. And every time I hear one, I'm like, oh, that's a cool song. So I'm going to have this guy on the show sometime. But uh, anyway, uh, this is a cool one. It's called Psychic by George Ergum Lids. And that was George Ergum Lids with Psychic. 
from the album Present From The Past. That was brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $10 Club. We got Skunk Raider, Will Lowe, Matthew Lister, Stu, Triple The M, Poly Digital, Tristan Waits, Barry 007, Knight of Ducks, Albion Algorithm, Mystic Dink, Pud Nuts, Watch Clark, Slade, Energon Cubes, Lucas Smith, Thomas Berg, Pack, Blonde John, Mr. Magoo Samurai, Andrew Bennon, your friend Estevez, Jacob Pringle, and Fraser Davidson. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Now let's go chat with the gentleman from Forever Synth. All right, well, I'm here right now with the boys from Forever Synth. Or do you want to be called the men from Forever Synth? The boys. I, th- I think the boys. Yeah, the, boys. the boys, definitely. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't want to be some incel. Call me a man! <laughs> <laughs> but please do talk that close to your mic for the rest of the show. <laughs> I saw I saw the thing go massively off scale. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> really shouted sorry guys anyway so we're here with uh, with rob and joe so why don't you guys uh, differentiate your voices for everyone oh yeah well rob's the one that sort of sounds suave like he's been doing this for a long Ooh, time I don't and know. The, vo- the voice you can hear now is the guy that normally fiddles the knobs and makes the mistakes and you know screws up Not true perhaps i'm less monotone on this mic but in the studio i'm the one that goes like na 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 that one i'm that guy yeah you're darth vader Mm. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vader always sings the song when he walks in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Hi guys, in case you didn't know it's me with a yeah. hat and everything. I've, I'm envious of any time there's a, a team of some kind. It took me a long time to get him. Um, I, I, I asked a lot of people. I mean, Martin Larby. I briefly spoke to him. He had no interest whatsoever. Martin Larby. <laughs> Larby. He'd be a great uh, podcaster. Yeah, he would. Well, the thing is, he's been on the show obviously twice now. He filled in for you a few months ago, but um, I, I think what was it about 18 months till I found you. Sounds like love quick pint and that was it you know and, and we haven't looked back since so uh you've been a an almost stellar addition to the team oh thanks man faint damn with faint praise yeah well uh, and i only got into the scene really properly for andy so it's come a virtuous circle mm. yes i should say that rob dyson rob. is uh one of those names that i would say week to week because you're one of my first uh early sort of patron supporters so one of the early ones i figured i came on quite late you must have already done a couple of hundred shows when i laxadaisically came on board right but i didn't start the patreon until like oh. season four or something oh right oh, okay then maybe there, yeah, there wasn't a patreon in the early seasons. so well thanks andy so joe hello <laughs> you already had the show you did he did i did um it was under a different name called ever since the 80s which took me wah, about wah. yeah three three to four minutes to come up with that one and it stuck around for a while just as i was on my own and then as rob came in it was still ever since the 80s for a few weeks wasn't it rob i think and then yeah a couple of months and we were like oh, i don't like it it's a great pun but do we need to change to move forward oh it, it was an excellent pun great doesn't do it justice rob so i'm, I'm a little bit disappointed you want to use the term great there <laughs> now i might be very sleepy what is the pun here well it's ever ever since the 80s you know that thing that ah, out. ever since, since the 80s if during the war it's kind of that thing oh so this is like a british thing was that like a british show well no no it was just you know like when people say oh ever since the 80s i've listened to bon jovi oh ever since the 80s i've done you know it was just a kind of a play on that quite often used hmm. sentence and um <laughs> yeah but i'm gonna highlight the quite often part of this but <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well obviously I, I was completely wrong and the director of the radio station when i sat down at one of his barbecues sort of said you should change the name have you thought of making it sort of simpler I was like well there's a guy that does Beyond Synth so I can't make it sort of too close to that and then there's the status synth and then the status synth right at the time 
Yeah, it wasn't State of Synth back then. It was, um, I think they, it, I can't remember what it was called. I think they were just the Night Ride guys or something, weren't they? I think obviously Maybe. it's expanded. But um, they've been doing it longer than us, definitely. Even you, Joe? Well, I started in July 2018. Okay. So then your show is on actual radio. Yeah. I, I like that, on actual radio. Um, yeah, so it, it was just an internet station up until spring of last year when it became DAB, which I think you call HD radio, I think. And it goes all across London. And several other internet radio stations. And obviously, we put the episodes up on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the and all the cast, all the cast. Yeah, it's just a weekly thing. We don't do like seasons or anything. We don't take anywhere near enough breaks. No, I think sometimes we we do too many shows in one go. It, I, I imagine you find it, Andy. Sometimes you you don't lose the will to live, but it can get a little bit I don't know like it's just a you know I suppose you earn from it so it's, it's a job to you which is, is incredible by the way I'm so jealous of that but I don't know we just kind of I think you've got to pace yourself a little bit like trying to create too much content it then just becomes a chore and that's what I was a bit concerned about I tried to take a break at the end of Christmas but then it never really is a break because mm. usually the Christmas episode is one I do with La Cassette and then I do yeah. a family show New Year's special that sort of have to be recorded back to back and those shows always require a lot of editing mm. Yeah, it's nuts, man. Even though it looks like I take a break where I'm like, hey, there's no shows for like two weeks. I'm actually like working really hard on those two stupid shows and then they take the month. And so and now Andy's spaceship. I don't know where you literally don't know how you find the the time. Well, I started doing uh, methamphetamines because (laughs) they give you like this sort of boost of energy. A few. We're not the only ones. Yeah. And thank Christ there's no downside. (laughs) (laughs) Crash. <laughs> we've now got you up at 8 a.m. in the bloody morning to do this as well. I'm so well I have sorry. to build, I actually have a, a new piece of the set I have to build. I'm building a little telephone prop. Because I do this thing in the show where I pretend to talk to an intercom, but all I'm doing is just pressing nothing and dubbing in the sound effect like I've pressed a button. Well, I wondered who, because you've had like Honeybeard and, and I think the cassette do the voices for your for your crewmates. Mm. Are they live? Are they sitting there with a hand up a puppet's ass? I wish. Or do you record that separately? Yeah, it's all special effects. But see, that's another thing, right? This is why I envy people who actually have sort of a team, right? If I had a person here, literally one human who would just stand behind the camera and make sure everything's in focus, hit record on the sound and monitor the levels so I don't also have to be because as we're filming, I'm watching a TV to make sure like the camera's still in focus and I'm looking to my left to see sound waves to make sure that sound is recording. Oh, man. And looking in this direction to make sure like I've got my eye line right with where the puppet's supposed to be and also trying to act natural like I'm not monitoring all those because there have been a lot of times where we'd be filming video and then I would watch the footage later and like a camera goes out of focus and it's like oh cool Uh, cool but doesn't that add to the kind of shaky set Doctor Who style Red Dwarf well part of the charm I mean Doctor Who's pretty cheap but it's always in focus <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess. There's certain kind of glitches I don't find funny, and out of focus is one, and sound cutting out is another one. <laughs> like they're just mm. not funny I'm, because they take the viewer out of it. Like perfectionist. I think it'd be absolutely hilarious if one day you did one of these where you ask a question and then you quickly run over behind the wall, do the puppet <laughs> a reply, and then come back out, back into your seat, ask the next question, and just keep going back and forth just to mock the idea. You know what though? It actually it, it hurts. <laughs> what I learned is like puppeting really hurts because you have to like argue in a particular way to puppet uh, in order to have the puppet in frame and have the shot where it is. And so I actually like really, my arms get so sore. It seems like it would be really easy, but anyway, look, hey, look, we're here to talk about Forever Synth. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had you guys pick some tracks 
to play during yeah. your segment. So how about uh, you guys uh, throw to one of those and then we'll listen to a track? Should we do our, our, our wedding song? Uh, Joe? I'm joking, by the way. Uh, well, I really wish, wish you wouldn't joke about that, to be honest. That's, um, <laughs> not going to take away from your actual wife, your yeah. actual fiance, I should say. She's not my fiance yet. Jesus, oh, shit! I'm really oh, God. Put my foot in it. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. he'll propose one day, Anna. It's uh, <laughs> we're we're actually approaching the four year mark, so I better hurry the fuck up. Oh, it took me seven and a half years, dude. Oh, okay. No, I feel pretty good about that. That's yeah, fine. You beat my record already. All the damn vampires. Davy Oberlin, uh, keyboardist uh, on the li- the live scene for Corn is. He, we had him on the show a few weeks ago. Tremendous, humble bloke. And this song Saturday for someone that has come from a, such a dark style music background. This is just the complete opposite of everything he's done, and it was just superb. Everything about this song, track of 2019, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. It was definitely the best track. Of 2019. And introduced me to uh, Michelle Bensimon, who I think mm. I've been saying wrong. I think it's Ben Simon. Ben Simon. Wow. Yeah, lovely singer. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's absolutely brilliant, um, and it doesn't get. I don't think it gets the listens it should get. I mean, this is one of those tracks that is up there with the likes of Sunglasses Kid, FM84. Like, it's just brilliantly produced. So yeah, that's that's why we're playing it. We love it. Spin that it.
right, and that was all the damn vampires with Saturday. And that was uh, Joe and Rob's pick because, of course, we're chatting with Joe and Rob right now from Forever Synth. Hello. I like all that stuff you said about the music. That's what I like, listening to the way different people do their shows because uh, the most anyone ever gets out of me when I play a track is, that was a cool song, and then I... (laughs) Yeah, we know it is. Then I I move along. (laughs) Yeah, we get a bit anal of that. For a little while, we started to try and do reviews, didn't we, on the Fredensen website, but it's... um, It's too much. In the arse. It's too much. On top of everything else, Mm. yeah, to keep it up. I miss the radar charts, dude. I don't know about you. I miss that radar chart thing. I feel like we could have patented that. Oh, yeah. We should bring them back, right? Just for tweets and shit. Yeah, I think so. Because I only play a few songs per show, because my format is, you know, like the guest interview gets the bulk of the show, and then maybe the first 30, 40 minutes I play like five or six songs. So, like, for me, it's like, look, if I played the song, that means I endorse, I like it, you know? Like, that's... Yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, we're not going to play a nail crap. We go through, and we effectively make sure that it's within Iron Skullet's Venn diagram, <laughs> you know, sort of, of synthwave, <laughs> basically. Don't get that guy any airtime. So, yes we, we, we are very critical I must admit and we do hide it quite a bit on the show I think damn gatekeepers well, I do listen to everything I get sent but I don't uh, critique or criticize like people like so sometimes people will ask me like an email like oh did you like it and I just don't say anything no we're gonna say but we I think me and Rob have learned give additional praise where due but you, you can't be expected to sit there and say that every single song that we get submitted is absolutely amazing because we, we'd run out of time. We wouldn't have enough time to do it on the show. So we think additional praise where it's due is, is the best way of getting people to think, oh, okay, if that's, if that's the sort of level that's required, I'll come back and I'll make something like that. And um, it seems to be working. Yeah, and it also gives people something to shoot for as well, because like I find what uh, inspires me is just other artists working at the top of their game. So even mm-hmm. if I'm not doing the same thing. So, for example, like we're I don't like to say when I record the show, but like we are recording this the day after Ollie's yeah. live show. Mm-hmm. And why I like watching those things, I have no intention of doing a live music show, but I like to see, OK, these are people like within my realm who are raising the game or whatever. And so when I see that kind of stuff, even if I have no intention of doing that particular kind of thing, it does make me go, okay, so there's people trying hard. Mm. I'm going to try harder. Or it makes me want to go and do different things. So like, I mean, the reason why I do like Andy's spaceship is because it's not synthwave, right? Yeah. Because so it's so silly because like in the synthwave scene, it's, it's always about kind of being cool yeah. and, uh, you know, the fast cars and the sunsets and Don Johnson and all this other stuff. Running around at midnight. And yeah, no, exactly. That's the thing, right? And so when I'm doing this thing, where I'm talking to Puppet Turtle. Like it just has. It's so far removed <laughs> yeah. from everything else that like no one's gonna step on this. Yeah, mind you, no one would because it's so fucking weird. But like <laughs> you know, it's so that's that's the the fun thing. And so it's nice when I hear the the quality of your show. I mean, like it's recorded like a proper show. You guys have fun banter. Oh, it's very nice of you to say, Andy. Hey, thank you very much. That's very kind. But it took a while to get to that point, right? It was really ropey in the early days when I first joined. But we didn't know each other. We'd literally just met over a pint. Well, that's it. Uh, because of our mutual love of Synthwave. And it, we had to get to know each other, man. And it didn't take too long. I mean, I, th- I think that that's the good thing about having common ground, whether it be Synthwave or skiing or whatever. You just naturally find out, you know, you know similar people, you've done similar things, you've got the same albums, and, you know, the relationship blossoms, which is how we've almost come to get married and using <laughs> all the damn vampires Saturday. But <laughs> that's, for another, that's for another day. But we have our difficulties. For instance, when it comes to doing a top 50, I mean, my God, Oh, yeah. They're almost virtually different lists yeah. that you and I had as our favourite songs, man. Yeah. So there, there are downsides to sort of having two separate minds. Uh, for instance, booking guest 
guessing. We have double booked so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. That's my bad. We love what we do. We'll, we'll stick it out until the end, whether that's soon or in, in 10 years' time. I mean... Ne- next week, I heard. Next week. <laughs> well, I heard yeah. some rumblings at one of those uh, radio station barbecues that... Uh, <laughs> Next week was the day. I heard Forever Simp is on its last legs. I heard Andy's going to take over the world. Oh, Dennis and Jules, they're not for this world much longer. Spoiler alert, that's not the director of the radio station. That was yeah. Rob. Just oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, look, we, we I think we'll know when, when when it's run its course because there's only so much we can do. That That's the beauty of with what you do, Andy. You obviously you have so many different directions you can go in and you have and you've explored them, which is great. We can literally only do with what we've got, the tools. And it's a common thing. It's not like we have ownership over the, the equipment. Once the show's over, we have to bugger off because the next show's coming on. So we don't have any scope to do anything different. Yeah. Right, but within those limitations, like th- there's a comfort there, I think. Because like for me, like there's no schedule really. There's no form and so sometimes it leads me to do more work than necessary Mm. i mean like every week my show is kind of a different length yeah that's true i almost wish there was a person standing over my shoulder just going like dude the show only has to be two hours because then one one week it'll be three hours yeah Mm. and so i think like when you have an actual structure it can be sort of beneficial in a way yeah we used to have a tight 90 minutes didn't we uh joe and the show goes out live oh yeah we used to so it, it used to be an hour which flew by but the person after us sometimes didn't come in so we then sometimes split it with the show after his. So we'd maybe have 90 minutes. Sometimes it was two hours. And when you're trying to send your show to other radio stations mm. and telling them that, oh, sorry, this week is 90 minutes, but next week it's only going to be 60, yeah. it starts irritating them. And that's actually the problem. one of the problems I think we have with Artifactor Radio. Yeah, they got fed up with us in the end. Yeah, we, we got thrown off that because we just weren't doing it. Um, basically, there was a pandemic on. Mm. And um, he, about he, he suddenly didn't like the idea that we couldn't send him shows. Now, is this the same as the plandemic that's been going on? <laughs> <laughs> Flandemic, yeah. more like. <laughs> uh, listen, play me another song. What do you reckon, Joe? Let's, let's go with the Zayas one, Aesthetic. Yeah. Because, um, I, this is one see, I've swung you around to, no? Because I used to be the big Zayas fan. Toronto man. I'm not going to give you the credit that you oh. did something successful with my music okay. taste. Um, but yes, I do really like the track. It's very quirky. It's kind of leaning more over to the kind of funky vaporwave stuff, which is something yeah. I don't really listen to. I, I'm, I'm not one You're that not really a enjoys it. Andy's not a vaporwave guy either. Mm. I just think if you want to make vaporwave just slow a record down by 50 percent, and it goes the reason why i find vaporwave so tough partially because i don't like how it sounds but also i'm not super encyclopedic in my knowledge of 80s music and i don't like that i feel like i'm being tricked if i end up mm. liking a song that just turns out to be another artist's song mm. yeah, yeah do you know what i'm yeah. saying like so which happens quite a lot in, in yeah, yeah and, and so people have told me like you know there's some vaporwave artists that do original music and I, that's fine i remember one time on the show marco played a track and i liked it and we were like oh this kind of sounds like droid bishop you know this is cool and it turned out the guy just took a droid bishop song and slowed it down uh, and then i, I felt like an that. asshole <laughs> and like and so ever since then i've just i have this personal vendetta against this idea of like you're just gonna send me music other people's music slowed down and it might fool me because i've been making this show since fucking 2013 and have played thousands and thousands of songs i don't i don't automatically remember every that one was pretty stupid though because like 
it was clearly a slowed down droid bishop song and they were like, <laughs> we, I, I remember that happening on your show and then we got a submission from Joy Bishop's record company Colin can't remember yeah. his name and Colin I was, was like I was like this this happened to Andy I bet this isn't even Joy Bishop why would Joy Bishop be sending a submission into Forever mm. Synth in, in London and it was Joy Bishop and I was like oh okay we haven't been conned this is good we're <laughs> a, a bit of a name for ourselves that's what always worries me like you know we're, we're always yearning for one day suddenly that like a, a big name to suddenly like submit on the form they're thinking one is it even going to be true two is it even possible but actually recently we had do you know team 17 the company that made the worms games yeah yeah for for the narita boy thing yeah so, so we we had a submission from them and it, again it wasn't quite ready for the show but i'm thinking really the team 17 have seen us and our submission form submitted something and this is one of those things i feel like we all want this like yeah, recognition and everything for the music validation but then, but then the possibility that actually that what's right in front of me might actually be the start of it and suddenly I start thinking nah can't be true I'm not buying it well I, I feel bad because like I guess they must have reached out to all the sort of the synthwave outlets and I kept on saying like yeah sure like I'll talk to the developers or whatever but I haven't had time to play it like the guy's been so mm. nice from Team 17 he's just keeps sending emails like oh did you check this out yeah I'm like oh yeah and no. sent me a Steam code and all this I'm like yeah I'll play the game for sure see we don't really yeah I don't of a console I, I haven't had a games console since the playstation 2 and that, that's the honest truth i, I try sega mega drive mothers well you never had a playstation no what? what yeah that's insane no 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 game boy no nintendo jesus i have all of them wow because when i was a kid uh, growing up like we didn't i, I don't know what, what you call Could you uh, put in some sad music behind this little bit no. my dad was never into video games like he didn't want to support video game habit or whatever so they never bought me systems so the only time i ever had uh game console if i bought it myself i never had money like i remember the day that my n64 fucked up we were all on shrooms and this thing started to break <laughs> <laughs> i panicked with this serious panic of like if my N64 breaks, Uh-oh. I literally can't get another. Like, you know, like, it's done. We're done. Like, yeah. I, I, and, and, and we'll go night. And then now, as an adult, I wish I could just go back in time and just say, Andy, one of these days, you're going to forego buying your kids any luxuries so that you can own the latest consoles. <laughs> and you can look down at that table and see them all sitting there while, you know, and you just Eating look at bread them. and sipping soup. Yeah. Listen, we got... <laughs> Council juice. Sharing let's, a- shoes. let's actually play that yeah. song. Sharing shoes. Oh yeah, it's Ayers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah loves, loves Ayers stuff. He's just got that filter tit uh, compilation out from Time Slave on cassette, yeah. which I've uh, bought. Obviously, he's a great, prolific. Isn't there like twenty eight tracks on that album or something? There's, there's twenty huge. tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he pumps out a lot of stuff. He does, and and like ninety nine point nine percent of it is excellent. Yeah, man. Well, let's listen to it. All right, this is Zayas with aesthetics.
right, and that was Zayez with Aesthetics. Another pick from Joe and Rob from Forever Synth. Uh, you guys uh, dig the Zayaz? Well, he, he left Synthwave to make house music and he came back. Thank God he did. We must be similar age, he and I, because we, we had a little chit-chat about uh, the drum and bass scene in the late 90s. So, uh, yeah, he's a cool cat. I disagree. You disagree that Zayas is a cool cat? No, that the, the drum and bass was worth listening to. <laughs> right, that's a debate for another show. That's our drum and bass show. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, yeah. Okay, you got me moving. He lives in the Toronto area. Remember one time he was going to come out to a thing, and then he he didn't. It's quite a shy feather, I think. Like, he won't come on our show. He says it's about the music, not me, and he's not really... I think he's a family man. Well, too. yeah, but one day he messaged, because I was going... It was back when... Uh, when uh, Holly from Parallels was still in town, I think uh, she was doing a DJ thing, and I think Mecca Mako and, and and Dana Jean were playing at this little bar, Canadian Collective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then and he's like, "Oh, I'll come out to that because I was going to be there." And then uh, and then he didn't. Oh, Zayas. Yeah, that's me calling him out for that time he didn't show up three years ago. I mean, I still uh, had d- people to hang out with, so it's not like yeah, I was sad. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> Do, do you do you have you ever had guests um, cancel on you very very last minute not once but twice but possibly oh. even three times? You know, <laughs> I, almost, I, I almost said who that person was earlier, but I better not. No, we, we'll keep it stum. But yeah, few, multiple times, multiple. Yeah, and there's no perfect way of doing it because the at the rate that I edit Beyond Synth, oftentimes I would schedule like I would do like a bulk record. So in like one or two weeks, I would schedule like ten interviews. Mm. And then just slowly parse them out throughout the following months. But I would always find, like, if I scheduled 10 interviews to a day, guaranteed one person always canceled. So, like, that's mm. that's the one thing that always happens. So, it's, oh, oh, was that today? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's just a thing I've just sort of learned to deal with. It's, like, it's almost, like, factored into the math now. It's, like, okay. if you schedule 10 interviews this week, you will end up recording six. Oh, okay. And that's just the way it goes. Well, I think I think we can go ahead and say it. We, we had Rod Stewart cancel on us twice. <laughs> <laughs> twice. I know. And I didn't even like him since he left uh, no. The Faces. So... <laughs> Do we think you're sexy, Rod Stewart? No, we do not. Not you after know, that. Not anymore. Rod Stewart is an odd-looking man. Like, <laughs> yeah, have you ever yeah. just really looked at, like, the cover labyrinth? art? David Bowie in Labyrinth. Bowie, sorry. David Bowie in Labyrinth. He's got that kind of hair. I'm glad you corrected yourself there. Sorry, sorry, yeah. And uh, Wesley Gummidge as well. Yeah. Looks <laughs> a bit like John Pertwee, right? Yeah, the only reason why I know that, because since I'm a big Doctor Who nerd, so all the little <laughs> stupid side projects that people who played Doctor Who did, I am aware oh, of. Oh, Sally. Oh, Sally. So you did get that in the state in Canada. No, Canada, no, 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 no. Oh. That's a very British thing. It, it like, is the, again. The only reason why I even know what it is is because John Pertwee was the guy who played it. That's the only reason why I know. Because I would see like like magazine stuff where I would read and like, and then he played Wurzel Gum, and I see this picture of like this fucking bizarre scarecrow man. I'm yeah, like, what the fuck scary, is this? Mm. I don't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Andy does not care for Wurzel Gummage. Yeah, Wurzel Gummage, <laughs> thumbs down. They put it back. It's a new Wurzel Gummage. Oh yeah, was it being fucking played by a lady? <laughs> Just the fucking Wurzel no, Gummidge all... female reboot. 
It's Mackenzie Crook, isn't it, from the uh, from the Office? Is it? Yeah, he's Wurzel. Is it really? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! He writes and he plays Wurzel. And all I've not stuff. seen him for years since um, Sex Lives of the Potato Men. <laughs> uh, oh, if, if you yeah. ever saw that film, where um, the, the guy that used to do the NatWest banking adverts uh, convinced someone that, well, I think he like dipped his, you know, what in strawberry ice cream. We've all done it. Yeah. We've all done it. <laughs> anyway, we won't go into that. <laughs> oh, this went this went sideways. Well, hey man, that's what that's what happens. That's the, <laughs> yeah. the exciting thing about not going into a conversation with questions the only time it backfires is when i talk to people who are really uh what's the word taciturn is that what you call people who don't talk oh that's a good use that's of a word. lovely taciturn. word yeah. yeah lovely we'll borrow that next week you can have as many questions as you like but you never end up asking all of them and you never get through all the stuff so like you're doing here just chat and see where it goes is the best is the best way were you given questions for that uh, for that ollie Wright uh interview no you no them all up? no i made them all up as i went along that's not true is it yeah well yeah so we should say that uh after the ollie ride show there was also a like an after show thing which was a sort of pre-recorded interview segment mm. that you did uh, Joe with Ollie so that was a cool little thing it was an honor I mean cons- you know if you'd asked me sort of two and a half years ago when I was sitting there for the first time in a studio kind of playing a bit of 80s music with some synthwave mixed in that I'd be interviewing Ollie Ride I, it, was, it was incredible lovely guy so eloquent great performance the funny part when, when I was actually there seeing the, the rehearsals and live performance the backing music wasn't there unless you put headphones on so I could hear Ollie's like an singing and the drum playing and everything and the saxophone but without the backing stuff which is well pretty much um it was great (laughs) and honestly the the venue is going to be nuts when we can finally go and see him live yeah december you're actually better off being up in the the top stands or whatever of the venue you're actually closer to the stage there it's such a Mm. weird layout but it's a beautiful venue and uh yeah well done you thank you very much no very very kind appreciate it yeah no that was uh that was a cool thing i don't know how i'm gonna feel going back to live gigs to live things like i i want to i miss people but i'm also not you're a bit of an introvert aren't you andy it depends. Like, I like hanging out with people, but I'm also more of a pub guy than a club yeah. guy. Yeah, so I like same. to be in a table chatting with people. That's why yeah. when, when Outland was in Toronto, my favorite part might have been the night before. There was, like, a bar and there was, like, two tables. You know, like Martin was there and there was, like, yeah. a Time Cop. It, it, like, all the artists were there who were playing. And then we're just kind of sitting around eating burgers and, like, having a beer. And then the next day... There was like a big synth brunch. Oh, nice. Oh, I saw Michael Oakley there. Yeah, yeah. And those two things I liked almost better than... (laughs) Because Outland, I was working. Like, I was shooting video. And so I was so exhausted. And I actually did actually exhaust all of my energy to the point where I was like kind of faint and not feeling good. Like, I just... I did too much. That's why you are an amphetamine addict. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why next... That's why I vowed that like when any of these things ever happen again, I'm not... I'm not going to do any... Like, I just want to go as a person. Yeah. I want to be the fucking Julian. Yeah. The Neon Fox and just walk around being happy to see everybody. Like, because afterwards I had people tell me where, like, oh, like I was going to, like, say hi to you, but like, you just kind of looked really, like, serious, like, and walking around and stuff. Cause I was just going place to place, like, go set up the camera, go grab another person who I said I was going to interview and, like, take them back. And it's tough work. Get prepped and stuff like that. And it just, it's so lame to say that it's draining. Cause it's like you're just sitting in a chair talking to people, but it, it well, does suck your energy away. Yeah. Yeah. You're having to remain chipper and uh, conversational. And like, this is the first interview you've done, not the ninth. And that's mm. tough, tough, tough kick, man. Was that that Retro Future Fest? Like, you can only 
go around and say to as many different people as possible what it is you do, what you want to do. You should come on the show, etc., 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 with a big smile on your face. Mm. Because you, you miss the acts as well. I, I generally found mm. with Retro Future Fest that I didn't actually spend that much time looking at the acts because you end up just... Chatting away to people. Oh, oh. No, that's exactly like that's. I sort of felt bad because I'd be sitting there talking to interviews, and they're like, "Oh, and and you know, uh, fucking so and so was playing earlier," and I'm like, "Yeah, that was a great show." And then, meanwhile, if you watched all the interviews, you would hear them in the background as I was talking to somebody else, <laughs> yeah, clearly like, oh, meaning that I didn't it. see their show. <laughs> yeah, because I was talking to fucking Calix or whatever. You know, like it's busted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear some more music. You've got another picks. Another picks. Yeah. Another picks. <laughs> we should go Brother Tiger, Dance on the Water. Yeah, definitely. love a bit of Brother Tiger. He's meant to be coming on the show. We've got a June date for him. He's, uh, we, we, I, I pretty much love everything that, that he does from the Tears for Fears covers to um, his ephemeral uh, YouTube uh, where he just, you know, he creates music on the fly and then he's released a couple of them, haven't he? What I like about him is he's not Synthwave, doesn't associate with Synthwave at all. Nah. He just happens to make kind of a retro-ish sounding set of music. And Dance on the Water is just... I think the best he's ever done, in my opinion. I absolutely love this track, and the video's great. Nice and cheaply made, I assume, because it's just some footage of people surfing. Yeah. To me, it's going to be my summer track, 2021. Nice. And it should damn well be yours.
right, and that was Brother Tiger with the track Dancer on the Water. Joe and Rob's third pick as we're chatting with the gentleman from Forever Synth. Hello. Starting meagerly at some uh, radio station barbecue. The humble beginnings. I, I meant to say humble beginnings. I said meager. That's probably a wrong word, right? That's not even how it started. Badminton is how it started. Oh, yeah. Random. <laughs> Bumped into a guy that I used to live in the same hometown as, and I said, hey, I used to know you. Where, where, where do I know you from? Oh, we used to play badminton. Hey, I do a show on a little radio station. You're quite opinionated and obnoxious. Do you fancy coming on? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Then he invited me on again, and then after that he said, right, they're doing a volunteer day. So I went there with the idea of a synthwave 80s styled show and of the 36 ideas six of them were picked and one of them was mine and there we are well done joe <laughs> i i sold a good sale nice so essentially you were walking around and by virtue of sailing on the wings of uh, white privilege some guy just <laughs> offered you a show <laughs> that's about right <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ you have just you have just so shut on everything <laughs> you just, oh God. just walked along and it's like hey there's a white guy i bet he wants a radio <laughs> Show. He plays badminton. He's obviously privileged. Oh my god! Yeah, you, you have absolutely put such a different spin on absolutely everything that I thought I stood for. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> this is why you got to stay off Twitter because it's full of people recontextualizing the things you like just to inform you how shitty they are. Uh, you know, like I, I just watched some James Bond series review about how he's just like a political tool of imperialism and it's kind of yeah, propaganda. But like British Empire, I can watch those things with an open mind and it doesn't like hurt my feelings yeah. you know or, or when you find out the people who made the movies you like are fucking assholes you know but I, I mean at the end of the day I'm still going to like the things I like how many assholes though yeah I mean John Lennon was a bit fisty with his uh, ex-girlfriend is, is that an expression uh, oh no not fisty not, uh, let me just, let me just rewind that I don't know what his preferences were in the, the boudoir but um, but no he was a dick man and like punched fisty. ladies in the face mm. yeah a bit fisty sorry I'm just I'm just thinking fisty I'm not <laughs> I'm not laughing about what he did. I'm laughing about no. the term fisty because so that sorry. is awesome. I didn't mean to demean. That's fine. I mean, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking those questions. You know, it's like, like, how bad does something or someone have to be before we rethink their, you know, cultural importance? Michael Jackson bad? Yeah, see, that's a tricky one, too, because there's people who don't actually believe. Mm. Yeah. So for me, the things I like, I'm always going to like. And so something has to be really egregious for me me to go back and like reassess in such a way like especially if it's something you liked as a kid right like because you have different attachment to those things music especially what's like lost profits you remember uh, did you ever used to listen to the oh, lost God, profits yeah. I, I saw them live seven times which is just that means you by proxy are a pedophile <laughs> well front row as well i, I touched them <laughs> i mean um, <laughs> now one rule i heard you get to like all of the things up to the point where the person did the bad stuff. As you know, he wasn't doing the bad stuff. Well, I think he could have been doing it for years before he even became the lead singer of Lost Profits. So at what point? I don't, who, who, I don't even know who Lost Profits is. They're like a Welsh alt rock, heavy, heavy, heavy sort of emo, quite heavy rock band. Um, they they were huge. You, you probably recognise one of their tracks called Last Summer, which I think was filmed over in America. But yeah, he was basically he's a bad guy. 
Yeah, bad, bad guy. And uh, unfortunately, I say you've seen, I've seen this live seven times, and I, I I just want to punch myself in the face. Yeah, but I mean, like the whole point is, if you don't know, so I guess I'm sort of saying this is slightly two different rules. See, so so one of them is, let's say Michael Jackson as an example. So like early '80s Michael Jackson, and I guess you can sort of like chart the skin tone. There's a certain point where <laughs> and the nose. Yeah, like there's a certain point where it's like, okay, you know, this is the section of time where the stuff or the alleged stuff was sort of going on. So theoretically, if you like the stuff like. Like bad era Michael Jackson there's like a cutoff point that's okay yeah. or to the point where you know so for example if it's not a public knowledge story like say you like a particular film director and uh, it's not public knowledge but then at one point it becomes public knowledge any Weinstein produced movie well that's tricky because he's just a producer yeah yeah he's just the money right he's just the investor mm. it's sort of unfair in a way because do you expect everyone to know every little personal detail about about the people you work with right i mean like it sucks that you end up being connected without even having that knowledge because that's the tricky part yeah. it's like i don't know everything about i don't even know things about like my closest friends like if all of a sudden someone's like you know he's got a fucking basement full of corpses i'd be like <laughs> dude dude's my best friend I, i'm coming around at seven it's like yeah. I, I didn't know that like we didn't talk about corpse basements like we <laughs> talked about movies and video games like but we, we've know. got enough positive experiences in the bank for me to overlook it yeah, <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> yeah. he can have his necrophilia yeah. as long yeah. as we don't talk yeah. about it. now would we i work got... with him again you know yeah. if the money was right <laughs> <laughs> we were just playing golden eye sure <laughs> Everything can be uh, dissected that way, and people like do. I think it's like it's a whole trend of stuff now, especially in like the the more like kind of progressive YouTube space of basically like disassembling everything mm. and going like, oh, you know, you like this cartoon? Well, it turns out the guys who made this were funded by oil companies to <laughs> tell you to love plastic or something. And it's like, okay, but I still like it. You mark my word. So, Rob, do you remember the Poddington peas? Yes. Don't tell me the Poddington Peas was bad. Well, th think about it, right? Oh, so, no. a guy... The, the Poddington pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> One guy did all the voices, the ladies and the guys, and you can imagine now, when you, you can't have, what's his name, Hank Azaria doing Apu Nahasapima Pedalan's oh, yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally, a guy did all the voices. Does that mean now, that if the Poddington Peas was on TV, would people be going, that's just not on? I guess it also depends what voices they're doing, because I, I used to watch Naughty yeah. when I was a kid, and the version I saw mm. um this was not on like commercial television so like all the british shows that came to canada like they weren't on the major networks they were on like the public tv network like the pbs in the states mm. and then oh, right, in, yeah. in canada we have in my province called tv ontario and that was the one that played like educational programming and it would play foreign films and stuff so the version of naughty i saw was the one that was animated in the 70s i think it was like stop frame animation mm. and there was a lot of pattern with those old british shows where one guy does all the voice and narrates as well yeah you know where it's just like then naughty went into town hello big ears and then like big <laughs> yeah, ears are yeah. coming and be like hello naughty and it's like the same guy i've only realized now that you were saying naughty i thought you were saying naughty oh no like, what no the fuck is naughty no naughty <laughs> the elf or whatever whatever the fuck yeah, he is yeah naughty yeah because uh again the books that originated from you had some unsavory racial caricatures in them and stuff yeah yeah because the the gobbo the goblin who are i guess caricatures of gypsies but i believe in the books is literally like they're black like they're those um mm, what do you call those gollywogs yeah. Mm. yeah 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 and but even in the in the 70s cartoon there was that thing where i think there's an elephant and he's indian and 
he has a very stereotypical like mm. Indian voice and stuff. And there are still some caricatures in there because Gobbo is a gypsy and he is a scumbag. Like he fucking there's, there's one episode. <laughs> Jesus, there's one episode where Gobbo tricks not which is my favorite episode of that show because it was like actually like a scary one he keeps on going oh, come on naughty you gotta drive me home and he's like but he, but he lives in the but he lives in the dark you know, woods <laughs> and uh um, and he's like i don't want to go into dark woods you know gobbo it's dark and scary and he's like <laughs> and then Plus, gobbo, I can make out loads of guys there but yeah but that's what happens a bit fisty yeah he fucking tricks not and then naughty's like fine i'll take you he drives him out to the middle of the dark woods and a bunch of fucking <laughs> goblins come out and fucking ransack naughty's car and steal it and then leave him in the dark <laughs> oh my woods god not even trying to disguise no. gypsy propaganda <laughs> yeah. and gypsy hatred i don't know <laughs> but it was amazing because it's like a kid's show and it's like I don't know what the lesson is because he gets his car totaled and then basically just ends up like trapped in the woods crying all night until fucking Big Ears <laughs> comes the next day to get him that is awful actually that sounds darker than Invader Zim if anyone's watched Invader Zim anyone listening that is just about the darkest cartoon but I think I can't believe Noddy's on the same wavelength that's insane because in the early 80s and like late 70s and stuff like the kids cartoons like if they were going to do a scary thing it would be scary but it would also have like weird synth music that would add to the oh, sort yeah. of creepiness and like they wouldn't shy away from having like actual just scary looking characters oh, did, and stuff. Did you have Drama Rama in uh, Canada? No. Drama Rama. <laughs> well, Drama Rama, loads of uh, producers, directors cut their teeth and actors cut their teeth in this really early 80s dark British drama series for about 80, 80 minutes long. Look it up. Google Drama Rama. There you go. All right. I'll Google that while you uh, play me another song. What you got? Uh, Heart Racer, right? Hot Racer, yeah. A modern, a modern artist that we are quite fond of. Quite a new track too, Reverence. This is your reverence. Yeah, very good track. Heard it on the tube at Earl's Court for the first time. That's all I have to say about it. It's a very good track, powerful vocals, um, very commercially sellable, I think, that track. Yeah, I, th- I think you could play that on um, any mainstream radio station. It's kind of a very staple Forever Synth show play. It's got some vocals in there. It's kind of got pop sensibilities because we have to play stuff that's radio-friendly because we go out on a, yeah, like a London radio station. So incidental listeners, we don't want to put some obscure, obscure stuff on. Cool, all right, well, let's check it out. This is a Heart Racer with Reverend. Turning into centuries 
right, and that was Heart Racer with the track Reverence. That was Rob and Joe's pick because I have been chatting with Rob and Joe. Joe and Rob. Hello. Right. From Forever Synth, a show you can check out every week at foreversynth.org. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> try it out. .com.biz slash EU. .net. .biz. Yeah. .uk. .tv. .de. .ca. Yeah, everywhere. Just Google Forever Synth. Yeah, you've ever said we're on Twitter. We're nearly at five thousand followers. So you know, if you want to be the five, if you want to be the five thousand follower, you might get. It's easy for you to say. Is there a prize? You might get a sticker. Well, we've got a big competition coming up, haven't we, Joe? Ooh. Well, we actually, yeah, we've got a huge competition. We've got a game coming up called um, Three Synth and You're Richer, which is a play on the band Sixpence None the Richer. Tenuous. Mm. And we're going to play three tracks all on top of each other, so they can't be shazammed. And we're hoping this is going to go for weeks, perhaps months, where someone needs to get all three tracks to win all the prizes and all I can say for all the prizes is holy hell so many people have sent in stickers vinyls CDs cassettes t-shirts flasks bags caps hoodies everything I mean this prize pot is probably going to be neon worth it's a treasure trove approaching sort of 400 quids worth of synthwave merch cost a fuck of a lot to post it out to that lucky winner it really really is yeah but it is nuts basically you can only give the answers live during our show which is Wednesdays 6 till 8 GMT we'll, we'll announce more Rob's, Rob's in the process of making his part of the video I've done my parts and uh, we're going to put out a bit of a promo for it so uh, a game for everyone to play we hope you'll join in you heard it here first and when this mm. uh, interview goes out in September 22 yes uh, <laughs> I hope so the winner like the shit yeah yeah. I'm sorry the hoodie had chocolate spilled down the front of it yeah fuck I just I just would have kept all these prizes oh. that's the way I operate over here that's uh, <laughs> mine oh mine yeah. it's like a bunch of artists send in some cool stuff and uh, here they are <laughs> I'll film myself uh, just dancing around throwing vinyls up and down like duck tails just like swimming in all of this merch I think I've mentioned this before I think Six Pence None the Richer is like one of the worst band names yeah it's, it's, it is odd it is an odd it's name it sucks it sucks and when I think about the 90s things I don't like when I think about that stupid band name what an awful band name. It's so long and dumb. Well, that and the UK went over to the metric system in 1973. So there's no such thing as a sixpence anymore, or even back in the 90s when the song came out. So come on, get up to date. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> you heard, if you weren't already aware, the UK is on the metric system, and that happened in 1973. Boom. World, ex- world, world, exclusive. world, world exclusive. 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 I still work in inches and feet anyway. I don't even really understand the uh, uh, British money system. I still don't. When people talk about quids. Yeah. All you need to know about a two pence piece is it's about six inches in diameter. I remember that. I remember when I was in England, it was a very, quite a heavy change purse because like the coins like have some heft to them. Like the coins in Canada are all very light. Oh, they? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Well, uh, we're weaker here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the atmosphere is different. Gravity. Yeah, 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 it's like over there. Yeah, different parts of Earth. It's like being on the moon, and so like if you have <laughs> maybe our coins actually do weigh the same if we like bring them closer to the equator, but. <laughs> I feel bad that my uh, I feel sort of wasted that my uh, six inch joke got wasted because I guess in Canada they don't have the you know the the yeah you're metric too aren't you Uh, Uh, yeah but we still measure so you go the average penis is 120 centimeters so actually that's that's a one that's 1.2 meters sorry (laughs) that's that's got a humble brag there 120 millimeters no I remember we talked about this I remember this. 
I think it was like the episode we did with Max Thor was a big fucking penis length one because <laughs> I was talking about how even though we are on metric, since the centimeter is just perceived as a smaller unit of measure, you still would say inches. Okay. Just because uh-huh. even if you say like wh- whatever, uh, uh, you know, I look down here and I say what a normal man probably has a good eight inches. Um, of that uh, <laughs> of in I centimeters. I, I don't even know what the centimeters of that would be because I've never seen that number in my life. Uh, what's, what's, what's the equivalent of three and a half? <laughs> <laughs> well, I could do that for you now. You work with maths, yeah. yeah, so I can do that. So 2.54 centimeters per inch. So it's going to be 7.5, right, so, so, 7.62 centimeters. So if you say like, just like, oh, it's fucking what, whatever uh, uh, six is, like it's 11 or 12 centimeters, like it just, it doesn't sound as good, yeah. even though it technically is the same uh, number. Good as in impressive to the ladies. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't know what, how to impress a lady, but <laughs> even though we're in metric, and also I still measure my height in feet. Yeah, same. Actual, people's feet, actual feet. Yeah, 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 because it says centimeters on my driver's license, but on my wall, I just have a bunch of shoes taped sideways up the side. <laughs> it's true. That's, that's actually the same here. We literally only use inches for cock length and TV screens. <laughs> yeah. Yes, TV, TV screens. screens is, is that's right. TV thing. screens. Yeah, how about that? These are all the things that uh, in common. I love to suck on. And, what? And, we'll be, and we'll be talking about that on the next episode of Beyond Sin. It's not called yeah. the boob tube. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, look, listen, we gotta we gotta fucking wind this down. We've been talking for too long. We have. I gotta go do some family stuff. You probably gotta do some family stuff. Work for me, I'm working after this. Oh shit. Okay. Well, happy I'm working, gonna dude. go uh, straight to my Xbox and play Rage 2. Oh nice. Enjoy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot some stuff. But anyways, listen, I have been here chatting with Rob and Joe from Forever Synth. Uh, they have a show, a weekly show, so if you need your uh, your dose of uh, synth wave related stuff, go go there, man, because it's a it's a good time. We'll come here. Or, yeah, this is reciprocate, definitely. Yeah. Um, thanks for having us, dude. Honestly, thanks so much, much, man. Pleasure. Really, really do enjoy yourselves. Very, very cool. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. Take care. All right, and that was my chat with the guys from Forever Synth. Now, listen, this show has been gigantic, and we need to stop. <laughs> Oh, man, after doing a show that's this long, and now I just have to start editing next week's show. (laughs) Christ. I hope you liked it, and uh, I hope that made up for the week I took off. So you all have a lovely week, and thank you for listening to Beyond Synth, and tune in next time. It's the best Synthwave chat show there is, but now you've got a little sampling of some of the other uh, programs that are in the scene if you want to go check those out, but I highly recommend you don't. No, I'm just kidding. I had fun. They're fun shows. And, uh, you know, sometimes you'll be flipping through and you get done listening to Beyond Synth, the best Synthwave chat show there is. And then you're like, oh, I need something else to listen to. And, you know, when the best is done, you got to... What's the expression? Mess with the best... No, that's not it. Okay, I got to (laughs) go. Anyway, thanks to all the hosts who uh, came on the show today. Uh, this isn't even all the shows. Uh, this is just a sampling. There's actually uh, a bunch more shows, so maybe I'll do another one of these in the future. But uh, in the meantime, I hope you all have a lovely week, and keep on being cool, and tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Thanks for
Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.